Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Wow. Another musical show. Let me first introduce the members of the posse. Um, girls, he's back. Get ready. Get that big box of Kleenex. Your fan, your mister, sit yourself down, and the extra big box of wipes because very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. It's awesome to be here tonight, especially on the musical show. I love it. I really dig the musical show. A lot of people dig the musical Great show. Great idea, Mac, that you got this going. I thought it was your idea. Okay. Anyway, listen. <laughs> Maybe it was. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we were shooting the bowl one time at uh, the Thirsty, and we said, hey, we got to do something. <laughs> we were what? All right. Music related. What, what could it be? Okay, listen, let me, uh, now here's the bad news. Sorry, middle-aged ladies. No Coco tonight. He's on a secret mission. He'll be back next week. Uh, no Switch tonight. Switch also on a secret mission. Okay. What? Yeah, for all you grandmas out there. So Switch will be with us next week. <laughs> okay, but filling in. Switchy is a man for all ages. Is our favorite, uh, our favorite witch up in upstate New York. Raven, Raven, how are you tonight? Raven. Hello, my friends. I'm doing great. How are Hello, all of you? Raven. Hello. Oh. How's uh, you got your moisturizer? We're fine. Every, everything okay? Moisturizer. Got the moisturizer. Okay. All Moisturizer's right. Moisturizer's good. Okay. Yep. And I have to ask, how are the cans? They're good. Okay. They, they look good. We'll talk about headphones. <laughs> yeah. Pete, come on. <laughs> I know the I know the lingo. I know the lingo. <laughs> you better. <laughs> so anyway. So we're going to do a show tonight about Boston music, okay? And you don't have to be from Boston, I hope, to appreciate it, because there's a lot of just really kind of funny stories that happened. There was a thing called the Boston Sound that they tried to get off the ground in the late 60s and early 70s. It didn't really happen. That was like the first wave of Boston rock music that I can think of. And I mean, when I say Boston rock music, I mean people from Boston actually getting on the radio. And the second wave was kind of like Aerosmith and in Boston and Jay Giles and everything. But So we're going to be talking about it. Uh, tonight, that whole kind of those the double errors with um, some people who were there, who lived it. First of all, you've heard him on the show before. The very famous Pistol Pete Falcone is here with us. We'll hey put in everybody. some fake applause. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah. We'll sweeten that up for you, Pete. Thank you. Okay, uh, Pete. Now you're um, um, you're a pro. You you what are you anyway? <laughs> yeah, here here presently. Yes, you mean? Yes. Uh, I am uh, one of the owners and the. Uh, operations manager of uh, a group of radio stations that we own uh, okay. th throughout New England. But you were program director in Boston for a while, A right? couple of times, okay. yeah. Yep. yeah, And okay. on the air, young, young in my career, on the air mm -hmm. in uh, Boston. Yeah. Right, okay. And you also... Um uh, you you were a helicopter weather guy. You well, we did traffic from traffic. a helicopter okay. for a while. I did that stint for eight months. Yeah, eight on, months. on the radio. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. You were right. a chopper. Yeah, we yeah. should. T we'll talk about that because I've heard some. You know, wow. talk about the thirsty moose. I've heard a couple chopper stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, so. there, there were. <laughs> uh, also with us, wow. joining us tonight, Kyle Strobe, who has also been on the Boston music scene for a long time. I was reading your uh, resume, your your bio. Kyle, man, you a now guy, records promotion, and on the record side, on the radio side. So how long have you been doing? Kyle Strobe, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll also put some, uh, we'll sweeten this up for you, Captain Kyle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I started in radio originally uh, a long time ago in Portland, Maine. Mm -hmm. Moved down to Boston in the early 70s. Got involved in the record business. I uh, started doing record promotion for uh, labels out of uh, New York. Okay. And uh, was working by myself and was sitting in the lobby at WMEX uh, one day when all the record promoters used to go there and promote their records. And I was sitting next to a guy waiting to go in. 
name was Jerry Brenner. We started talking. We became friends. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing promotion. She said, me too. Why don't we get together and form a company and do it together? And we did. And we did it for 30 years. Wow, wow. 30 and, years. Uh, wow. During that 30 years, we also uh, we created a record label that had a lot of hits hmm. out of Boston called Critique Records. And uh, we were distributed by BMG. Oh, yeah. It was the parent company of RCA Iris. Yep. Big distribution group. Yep. Uh, we were with them for many years. And so um, we were around the Boston scene from early 70s right up through till, um, well, in the, in the 90s, at least early 2000s. Mm -hmm. Well, and um, also, also joining us is someone who you probably uh, came to blows with, you know, fist, not, if not fist, but arguments. Anyway, Larry Katz, the uh, music editor for the Boston Herald for too long, as he said. Larry, how you doing? Great. Good to be here. Hi, Larry. Okay, Larry is—he's—he's uh, he's also the um, uh, the 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 owner, the proprietor of uh, the Cats tapes. Is that the name of that, Larry? It is, but uh, you know, owner is putting—it's just a little uh, website I started, and I'm not actually maintaining it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to, uh, you know, in the course of writing about music for 25 years for the Herald. I did, uh, I don't know exactly how many interviews, but more than a thousand. More than a thousand. And I had most wow. of them on tape. And so I just, and I kept most of the tapes. Some unfortunately are lost. Mm. But I had all of these interviews with just a spectacular lineup of people. Yikes. Um, I mean, I must have uh, seven hours of Peter Wolf talking. <laughs> and uh, wow. you know, probably another seven hours of various members of Aerosmith talking. Just Huh. Uh, from Boston, but of course it's much, you know, they must uh, have it's uh, got everyone in there from you know, Bob Marley to Stevie Nicks. Uh-oh, uh-oh, you said the magic Tom word. Eddie and on and on and on. Just, ding, ding, and a lot of people who are no longer with us. Yeah. Anyway, um, cool. I was looking at all these tapes, which I just had in boxes, and I said, what am I going to do with this stuff? Because nobody, it's just a big mess, too. Go ahead. And so I decided... Um, how to figure out a way to preserve it. I just wanted not to make money at all, but just to make it available to anyone who, let's say, might want to listen to yes. me talking with Roy Orbison. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That would be yeah, nice. Yeah. And, well, it's all out there. So, um, actually, I'm donating it all to Northeastern University. It's really? I live in their uh, universe, the library archive. Cool. And, um, but meanwhile, at the um, you know, part of the problem was I had all of these interviews on cassettes, so we needed to digitize. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I happened to have a meeting with Tom Blake of the Boston Public Library, and he had money at the library. He said, if I donate it to a place to keep it all in Massachusetts, the BPL will take care of digitizing it. Oh, nice. Wow. And now, they, now they've posted all of the interviews are right there on the um, archive.org. Cool. If you search cat's tapes on archive.org, who knows what you'll find there? Because I don't even know myself. Uh -oh. Some of it, it's not organized in any way, That's shape, cool. or form. It, it will be improved. But the raw material is all there right now. That's K-A-T-Z. Excellent. K-A-T-Z, the cat's tapes. K-A-T-Z. Right. Uh, Got it. So listen, uh, before we go to a break, Raven, I just wanted to ask you something. Now, when we originally, you know, did the run-up to the show, you thought we were going to be doing a story, uh, a show on the band Boston, right? 
Yes. <laughs> the yeah, only, I sure did. It's the only band she can remember. She's so young. So did you like them or? <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to see them um, a long time ago. They came to where I live that I won't say. Okay. I don't want to triangulate myself. But <laughs> um, they backed out of it like about a month before because it was in a real um, sketchy part of town. Really? Yeah. So it was a disappointment. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Who was right. that? Schenectady someplace? Don't. She doesn't want to triangulate no. herself. <laughs> it's right. Get it. At least not on the radio. You're right. Hey, Raven, can I ask you, is your room on fire? Because we can see smoke in the background there. What's going on there? It's incense. Oh, incense. Oh, okay. Of course I'm burning incense. That's code for a doobie. Twenty. That's not code I mean, for a doobie. That's right. 420, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Listen. Why don't we do this? We'll have to celebrate one of the breaks. Why don't we take a, uh, well, we'll take that break right now. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files show. Uh, Tonight we're talking about Boston music. We've got a bunch of people here who uh, were involved in Boston music back then and um, people who are just learning about it for the first time. So uh, why don't we take that commercial break now and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. Musical X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Hey, we're in the middle of a show about Boston music, the Boston music scene uh, from the late 60s all the way up into present. Uh, you don't have to be from Boston to, I hope, get a kick out of this because it's, a, I think, a fascinating story. There's a lot of ups and downs, and uh, we have uh, a bunch of people here tonight who were there, who lived it. Uh, first of all, Pistol Pete. Falcone is with us. Pistol Pete, how you doing? Thanks, Mac. Uh, doing great. Thanks. Pro- program director for uh, several uh, radio stations in the Boston area, would you say? Over the years, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. A, and a lot of other hats as well? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Co-pilot of a helicopter at some point? Yeah, we did. I did traffic from uh, over Boston in mm-hmm. a helicopter for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You lived through that. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, you have the helicopter sound effect, will you? Yeah, that's right. It's kind of God. That's <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I would have had to pay eighteen fifty for that. Yeah, you okay. didn't do that. Thank you very much. Um, also, Kyle Strobe is with us. Kyle is also someone who Captain Kyle, who was in uh, the Boston music scene for a long time, on the radio side, on the record side, on the promotion side, uh, the A and R side, everything. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Good, thank you. 
Happy to be here. Uh, also, Larry Good to see you, Carl. Larry Katz, Larry Katz, who was the uh, bo- uh, the music editor for the Boston Herald for a long, long time. He's seen it all, done it all, and interviewed everyone. Larry, how are you doing tonight? Great. Good to be here. Where are you? Are you in the uh, People's Republic of Cambridge? I am. Yeah. You are. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's where I used to live. I was born in Somerville, lived in Cambridge for like 15 years. How about that for a resume? Yeah, I've been here. <laughs> also, yeah, there you go. Uh, also joining Talk us. Talk about living it. Come on, don't, don't yeah. sit. It's not so short shrift here. It's like living it, living in Cambridge in the '60s yes. was where it was at, baby. <laughs> right, Larry? I wasn't here in the '60s. He wasn't there. I arrived right. in 1970. Where every day oh, was 420. Ah, yeah. Exactly. 420 in Halloween. That's right. Yeah. You know, Bob, Bob Dylan would show up at the Mug and Muffin after a gig at for a free gig at Harvard University really? front lawn. What waiting on tables? Now look, <laughs> hang on. Uh, also, yeah. pretty much joining us is Boston musician. Mark Poulin. Mark Poulin is joining us. Mark, how you doing? Good, good. All right, he's been in a number of bands, uh, including like Beatlemania <laughs> bands. Beatle, Beatlemania bands. He was in a band called Limbo Race. They won the first MTV. What, what they call it? Band off? What they call it? Not band off. What was it? Uh, Rumble. Boston. Oh, Rumble. Yeah, okay. Yep. The right. Rumble. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then Rock one and of the... Rumble. One of the... That's it. One of the Gosh, uh, <laughs> one of the uh, one didn't one of the MTV uh, VJs come on to you, Nina Blackwood, the blonde. No way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Really? Save that story. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Save that story. A little flirt. That's it. Hang on. Yeah. Also, joining us tonight. Is there you enough know, tape for that segment? I want to hear the story. The freaking, the, the, <laughs> it, it might be video. You don't know. It was. You know. Wow. Well, listen. Oh, it was MTV. So listen, and then Juan Juan is here, and also Raven is here. Uh, Raven was uh, hello. not born for any of the stuff we're going to be talking about, but she's a short She'll aesthetic. wish she was. She, she'll wish she, she was. When she hears the stories, yeah. <laughs> Please, right. Pick up stuff. Okay. So, Pete, I'm going to stop well, with you. I think you. she can go back in time and catch up. We'll see. Ooh, yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. <laughs> what a concept. Uh, Pete, I'm going to start with you, all right? Okay, sure. Okay. Um, now, first of all, I, I just want to say that you have, you know, the perfect radio voice, but you didn't go to school. This is something that what? Yeah, well, I kind of fell into it. I, I was I was one of those acting geeks in high school and mm-hmm. everything, you know, had the lead and shows and okay. used to do the uh, school assemblies. They'd tap me to be the announcer at the assemblies oh, yeah, yes. and all that stuff, you yes. know, and then uh, just happened to fall into radio when I was in high school with the local radio station, hung around there, basically. Yep. And then one day somebody said, here, you want to learn how to run the controls? Sure. And then it was like, hey, so-and-so sick. Can you do the show? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the rest is history. And that, that was, sounds like a road to fortune. Fame and fortune. Yeah, right? yeah well, okay. the road to something. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you got the voice. Did you develop the voice? You had to develop the voice just maybe unconsciously over the um, I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't start out because I certainly because I had a voice back then. Well, you're making you know. Juan Juan and I look bad or sound bad. Well, yeah. anyway, let me just throw a story at you, okay? Okay. Right, so tell me whether this is true or not, or uh, true-ish, okay? Okay. All right, you worked at a uh, radio station in Boston. Correct. You were a program guy at the program time? Program director. Okay, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. And you were always trying to think of ways to promote the station? If you're getting about the contest thing, yes. yeah. Back then when you had DJs actually in the studio 24 hours a day and you did a contest to give something away or whatever, yep. you gave out the phone number sure. and people called and, you know, caller 33 wins, you know, yes. the new album, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Um, so, uh, so, so you were in the middle of one of these things and one of you, one of the biggest fans of this particular station was a gentleman who had been in an accident of some kind 
and lost his voice. Yeah, he wrote a letter, and and uh, uh, he explained that he'd been in a, a bicycle accident, hmm. and uh, it caused a, a head injury that left him unable to speak. Okay. And he felt that uh, the contests that we're doing weren't fair because he couldn't participate. Yes. Because he could call the phone, but he couldn't, he, he couldn't, couldn't speak. speak. Okay. So I came up with this idea that I would get one of the radio personalities at the station to kind of like be a sponsor so that every time we did a contest, Sounds good. that person would enter uh, the person that had written in in the contest. Sure, yes. So I picked the, the woman who was the, one of the co-hosts on the morning show. Okay. And I said, listen, this is a great public service thing. It's wonderful, a feel-good thing. I want you to get to know this guy. And, and when there's a contest, I want you to just automatically represent him and enter. Yes. So she was totally into it and the whole thing. And they started okay. uh, communicating. Okay. Yeah. And is it true that like one of the first things... When he was able to like write something to her, okay, one of the first things he said, "Can you give me a hand job?" <laughs> I don't remember exactly if that was the request, but uh, he did write to her with a pretty nasty email about "Come over and see me" and all this stuff. And I went, and she came screaming into my office and she was threw upset. the letter down on my desk and said, "Nice idea! Hey. Look what you got me into!" And hey, listen, swing and a miss, you know, yeah. you, you miss every shot you don't take. Right. Eight. So that was that. <laughs> Try, trying to do a, a good deed. And, uh, you know, no. <laughs> you didn't get the humor. No. <laughs> didn't get the humor. True, true story, though. True story. Okay. So anyway, so wow. So, so wow. let's just, uh, while we're picking on you. So now, uh, in your career, too, that you somewhere along the line, you 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 were the traffic guy in a helicopter. Yeah, that was that was early on. Okay. Um, they wanted to have somebody that was a little more of a personality rather than just somebody straight giving the, the sure. traffic. Yep. So my whole bit, um, I, I was on the morning show with a, a couple of guys that had been Boston uh, for, well, they were fairly new together at the time, but they did many, many years in Boston by uh, the names of Lauren and Wally. Oh, and yes. uh, I had been the producer and sidekick on their show, uh -huh. and the program director thought, geez, you know, you should go up and do the traffic report. Okay. I'd never been in a helicopter yes. in my life. Yes. So the bit was that I was afraid to look down. <laughs> and, and the deal was, well, how, how can you report on the traffic if you, if you won't look down? Yes. So... Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of we we had fun with that. I I the pilot was just this crazy guy. Yes. I mean he did stunts and everything else and Not. Uh, <laughs> uh, the day he showed up with no doors on the thing in the summertime <laughs> and I told him I wasn't going to go mm -hmm. and I strapped in tight and mm -hmm. he t pitched the thing up on its side and I'm looking to my right and there's the ground down there. Right. And, and isn't that the uh, gravity effect? You can't fall right. out of a helicopter even if if you don't have a strap on you can't fall out. Even. In between reports we'd land at this vacant lot on Route One in. Uh, Dedham. Okay. And uh, I jump out and run into the McDonald's and be like, two coffees, two egg McMuffins to go. Oh, and the on. people couldn't believe it. I ran back to the helicopter and off we went. And he showed me, <laughs> I, he put his coffee on the floor of the helicopter and then turned the helicopter on its side. But because of the centrifugal force, yes. the coffee didn't spill. Wow. So he recounted that story to me when we're flying around with no doors on, going, yes. <laughs> you can't fall out. It won't happen. And I'm like, forget it. I finally told him, if you come tomorrow with no doors, I'm not going. Mm -hmm. so, okay. You know, um, now, wasn't his final flight? Didn't he bring you know one of the interns or something? Oh up? well, we had a um, we had a woman who uh, she wasn't on the air. This now she just would be up at the station all night and push buttons to keep the station on the air. Go ahead. <clears throat> and um, she kind of took a liking to the guy. He was a handsome pilot, pilot. Uh, former Nam uh, oh. pilot. And um, crazy. Yeah. And so she said, "I'd like to go with you guys sometime." So. 
you know, and he used to fly to the radio station and pick me up and we'd go off to do the traffic. So that morning she's sleeping on the couch in the lobby and uh, I can hear the helicopter approaching and I woke her up and I said, time to go. Um, I opened the back door of the helicopter to put her in, and he's like, no, 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 no. He waves at me, wants her right in the middle between the two of us in the front of the copter. So in we go, and, I mean, it wasn't too long. I do remember that we were we were over uh, the expressway yes. in Boston on the, the you know, uh, somewhere between Braintree and Boston. Okay. And I look over, and he's got his hand in her blouse. Whoa. Okay. While, while we're flying. He's flying the helicopter. Right. And so, and now they start making out and everything. And so he uh, says, to me, Make take it. over. Well, I, I've never flown with that. I have no idea. So I grab a hold what? of the yoke or whatever, and all of a sudden the helicopter's going down and yeah. back up and down. I, if anybody on the ground saw us, they must have thought, what's wrong with these guys? You know? So <laughs> finally he took it over. Yes. When we finished the reports, he took me back to the radio station, yep. and I got out of the copter. She stayed in, and off they flew together. Off they went, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Well, it has a good ending, romantic ending yeah. anyway. So they fired him, though, right well, after. Well, no, someone. he got in trouble because he went, he decided to take her to the beach in the helicopter mm-hmm. and first he landed uh in some um uh protected bird area Uh-oh. in plymouth Uh-oh. and they came and chased him out of there Surprised and he gets shot then he went to another beach and landed the helicopter and Certainly. blew everybody's blankets <laughs> yes. and, and sand all over everybody yeah yeah and yeah. of course they called the radio station to complain and the guy eventually got let go wow so, huh yeah. Well, did they get married and have like 10 kids or anything no 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 <laughs> now they that, live in situate it was a brief uh <laughs> A brief flight. We'll say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow. And so, so your bit was when you're in the helicopter, but you couldn't look down. Didn't but want you to would, look down. But you would still give the traffic, like you know, as if you were. Right. I, I was anxiety down, ridden. but we made it sound like it. Did. Right. You know, right. We uh, one last story about. Did you that. throw up at all when you? No, no. I, it didn't bother me at all. No, um, no but the vomit. The no. uh, okay. We landed. I'll throw up a, while you're on the side. I, I was wondering if the throw up would stay in your mouth. Oh uh, come <laughs> on! No, no, why? <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. Just, Go ahead. But, uh, Just curious. It's a good here. thought, though. I'm interested wow. in the science. I the uh, one of the cool times was that we landed in a backyard up in Andover, Mass. It turned out to be the parents of Jay Leno. Uh-oh. And oh, we, and we we picked up Leno. And he got in the copter with That's us awesome. and did a bit, you know, with Lauren and Wally from the helicopter, flew around with us for the morning. And then we huh. dropped him at Channel 5 because he was going to do a one. They did the daily talk show, the yeah, day yeah. show or whatever they called He's it. He's doing and, the circuit. You know. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, and we dropped him off there. But it was a blast. He was great. Flew Where was he in his career? Was he at the Tonight Show yet? Or was yeah, he, it wasn't. No, he'd yeah. been a frequent guest. But he was, he was there, still yeah. basically doing stand-up. Yeah, yeah. he was on... The Tonight Show, I think, more than anyone else, or something like right, that. He holds right. the record, so really? everyone knew who he was. Cool right? guy. Cool yeah, he guy. was. A, I've heard, he went to Emerson. Now that's where I went to film school. There, one one. The weird part was with, that we picked Listen, him up in his, all the his time. parents' well, backyard. Yeah, yeah. The, land, the yard was big enough. For, he'd probably bought them the house. I yeah. don't know, but we landed in the backyard, and they're out there taking pictures and everything. And wow. he hops in the copter, and off we go. Proud of their son. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he's got more money than God now, and he's got a great car collection. We should do a, a, a segment on that. He's right. got. Millions and millions of dollars worth of cars. Anyway, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We're talking about the Boston music scene. And uh, let me just uh, throw this over quickly to Raven, who knows nothing about it and wasn't around uh, during the year we're talking about. Raven, are you learning anything yet? Anything amuse you? I am. Um, I'm really thrown off by Pete's um, 
you know, story about getting Jay Leno in the helicopter. Yep. I'm just super confused how his chin fit. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, Does anyone whoa. Raven doing material. <laughs> well, the centrifugal force forced <laughs> right. it back up again. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm learning a lot. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. We are too. Hey, Larry, let me go to, let me go to Larry Katz. Okay. Uh, rock editor, uh, I mean, music yes. editor of the Boston Herald. Larry, let me ask you a question. Who's, you've talked to a lot of celebrities. You said you, you have like 1,500, you know, hours of celebrity tapes and the Cats tapes. Who's the, who's the biggest, you know, dick celebrity that you interviewed? You know, that, I mean, I've been asked that question a lot. And I have to say, out of all the interviews that I did, it's really, really rare that mm-hmm. yep. Interesting. you do an interview and it's a total mm-hmm. bummer. And, you know, there were a few, I interviewed Al Green. Al Green. On the phone. Yes, okay. He was in Memphis. Little Green Apple. I adore Al Green. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled. I was just super excited to talk to him. Oh, no. He was, uh, and the occasion for talking to him was that Al Green was performing with the Duke Ellington Orchestra at Symphony Hall. Wow, big wow. time. That's big time. This is after Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington, you know, would had was no longer alive, mm-hmm. but his son Mercer was running the band. Yep, yep. And it yep. sounded pretty far out. Yeah. Uh, so I get on the phone with Al Green and um, ask him about the show and questions like, uh, "Well, what material are you going to do with the Ellington Orchestra? Is it going to be Let's Stay Together and Al Green songs, or are you going to do Satin Doll?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, we'll do some things." That's it. It's a short Um, interview. All right. Yeah. You know, and and the interview proceeded like that. It Mm -hmm. was just a couple of words, no follow up. Not in the mood. Nothing Hmm. happened. It was a total dud. And, you know, 15 years or so after that, I had another opportunity to interview him. And I said, Jesus, am I going to waste my time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I'll give it another. Go ahead. I talked with him for an hour. He was never. Oh, Oh, okay. So he just never knew. You caught him on a bad day. Okay. All right, so Al Green, anyone else? I mean, did you talk to, you must have talked to, uh, you know, like... Ziggy Axel. Marley, I talked to. Who? Ziggy Marley, Ziggy, Ziggy Marley. Marley. Okay, he's a pain in the ass. What's the matter with him? Right, when he was, when he was starting out. Yes. And I'm a big reggae fan. Okay. Love reggae. Go ahead. Happy to talk to him. Yes. He, and I've interviewed quite a few reggae artists, mm-hmm. and there were problems with the accent sometimes. Not everything is easy to understand. Go ahead. But... I got the sense Ziggy Marley was make, going out of his way to be unintelligible. <laughs> and I talked to the guy. I, it's one of, yes. I mean, of all the interviews I, I've done, yep. I could count on one hand. I mean, there were maybe like three which were so bad I couldn't write anything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I had to just throw it out and say, there's yeah. nothing here. I can't understand. And Ziggy was it. Ziggy was it, yeah. Just starting yeah. out, there's a, there's only Ziggy because there was his father. I mean, or he might have been high. Yeah, well, really well, high. maybe he's high. You don't know. Allegedly, yeah, I mean, yeah. from Jamaica, but you know, we don't want to you know, listen. Uh, Raven, are you a reggae fan? I, 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 Keith I Richards of, was probably there. He was yeah, lighting the blunt. Yeah, I like some of it. Do I don't like all of it, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's like with a lot of music. You know, mm-hmm. some of it's really good, and some of it, some of it's crap. Aren't so. those jock sticks that Ziggy you Marley was? Are those jock yeah. sticks that you were burning? Are those jock sticks you were burning? Jock sticks? Okay. Let's see. Sticks? She really Just. is. What's a jock stick? Another, uh, incense. We use the coffee. Incense. Yes. Okay. Kyle, let me just come to you. It's okay? incense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> Captain Kyle. I'm here. Okay, I have a few questions for you. Yeah. First of all, 
Uh, Captain Cow, were you in the Army, the Air Force, the Navy? How did you get the name Captain Cow? I was a rock and roll captain. There you go. Wow, yeah, that's exactly the best kind of rock army, yeah. the rock and roll <laughs> army. Now, listen. I knew it. Um, the captain I love it. You. You, you, you spent a lot of time in the Boston music scene, but one of the things that you told me a few years ago that sticks out in my mind is that you actually had an argument on the phone with Paul McCartney, right? Okay, tell us that story, please. Yeah, yeah um, well, uh, I'm sitting, it was when McCartney played Gillette Stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the year now. Um, early 90s. 90s, I yeah, guess. Early yeah. 90s. Yeah, I think 90s. Do you remember? I'm not sure. I think it was 90s. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we were uh, a big record promotion company, and we promoted every major artist in the business um, from pop to rock. And um, so we promoted McCartney and Wings and all his records and whatever. So yes. he's coming to Boston and he's playing at Gillette and he's got records out um, currently. Yep. And they're but, terrible. You know, they're terrible. Are over they're, and yeah. The video not, is like, eh, yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not, I'm not sure right. they want to play it. So the story is that, I get a every I get a, a call at my office one day and the receptionist buzzes up and she says Paul McCartney's on the phone. For you. Okay, yes. Well, I figure it's a scam. Yeah, right, sure. It's the day before the concert. Yeah. Yes. So I figure, well, this is somebody, you know, playing a trick on me. Some guy from the Herald. Yeah, right. So no, she's I've got an English accent and he says he's Paul McCartney. I said, all right. Yep. So I pick up the phone. I go, okay. Hi, this is Carly. He goes, hi, it's Paul McCartney. I go, okay, who is it really? He goes, no, it's true. It's Paul McCartney. I'm in town. Okay. We got the show tomorrow night at Gillette. He said, um, you're promoting my records, and I just got to ask you a question. He said, um, how come all these radio station people want tickets to my concert, but they don't want to play my records? Yes. How about getting hit with that? Okay, what did you answer him? What did you answer him? Did you give him some hard truth? Well, I just remember I put on my Fred Astaire dance shoes. <laughs> did and, a little uh, tap dance? Danced yeah. around that one. Okay, <laughs> good for you. It was, it, it, was, it was a fact that at the time, it was tough to get Paul McCartney's solo, or some, of the wing, some of the music played, because radio had moved on. Yes, frankly. sure. Right. And, you know, they did have hits. He had hits with Michael Jackson. Yep. And he did have hits, but... They didn't want to play every record that got released. Right. But they all wanted tickets to the show, of course, because they wanted to see Paul McCartney, hear his songs, hear the Beatles song. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, he was like, they're asking me for tickets to my show. Every radio station in Boston wants 30 tickets, 20 tickets, whatever it is. Yep. They don't want to play the record. Yep. But why you is this? Why is, but why is this a, a surprise to him? That's what I'm I interested in. That story. You know, I mean, why, why is this True. a surprise I mean, to him? Uh, you know, why would he be surprised? Because I, 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 I kind of understand that, that, you know, he's, he's grown up in this world. He's been a Beatle, like, you know, all his life. And, he, and, and, and maybe he's a little tone deaf even now, you know. But not everything he does is a big hit. True. You know, people do want to go smart. see him play because he's a great musician live. Like but that. who's going to play Wing 7? Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand that. Like that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. Say that again, please. They don't think like They don't think like that. Because they're whoever they are. Radio should just automatically play the record. Right. And believe me, I promoted I promoted Jackson's records that weren't hit. I promoted Stone's records that didn't become hits. Interesting. I promoted a lot of rec- people's records. Mm-hmm. Mariah, everybody. 
they didn't all become hits. Right. And but but when they put out music and they they release a record, they think they got a smash. Mm-hmm. But of course. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're they're a little close to it. Yeah. Right. Sure. So, um, you know, but but I mean, I think he was being a little facetious in his, in his question. Yeah. Sure. When he said that, and we ended up with. I ended up with five front row seats mm-hmm. on the on the floor. <laughs> yes. uh, and he's great, right? As a as a thank you for yeah. um, all the work. He must have really hated you. I'm going to tolerate it. Paul McCartney concert. Yeah, but but see- I mean, that's how recording artists are. And I've, I've worked with every kind wow. there is all right. over the world. Yep. And you know, artists is an artist. They're not a record promoter. They're not a, they're, they create music and they think when they create something that is great. I'm sure Larry can, Attest to this from interviews you've done with people. Mm-hmm. They all think that everything they do is a smash. Right. They right. sure hope so. <laughs> but, but and then and then ahead. they want to make sure that you're reporting that you played it to uh, radio and records or whatever, just oh, to make sure course. that uh, the shots there appropriately. Ways to detect that. We had BDS broadcast mm-hmm. data systems, which okay, yeah, picked up the plays. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just reporting by that at that point by that point in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it was. What are you going to do? You got the guys on the phone, and you didn't know who was going to call you. So, 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 how did you end that? How did you end that phone conversation with them? Did you just say, "Tally Hall"? I, I, I just think I tried to explain that. Look, you know, people love you for everything you've done over the years, and and you know, they, they, a lot of radio stations have played a lot of your music. Uh, you know, they not might not necessarily play everything, every single record. I mean, <laughs> I'm not the only guy telling them this. Yes. And he had every radio, every record company yeah. rep talking, and then, but right. I was the, we were the, the the company that all the record companies hired mm-hmm. to get the records played. Tough love, so, yeah. Okay, Raven, I should have. We will get paid. So, Raven, I should explain to you. Paul McCartney was in a band called the Beatles. Ever hear in there? <laughs> really? Um, like the Bug? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Really. You know, you know. Uh, speaking of of Boston, uh, I mean, Carl's got a million stories. I've known Carl for thirty years. Go ahead. I've heard only half of them. But, yes. Um, he was with uh, the record label reps when they discovered Tracy Chapman really? playing yeah, in Tra- Boston. From Dorchester, oh, really? yeah. yeah, from my yeah. old neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, huh? So, so what? Did, she she really came out of nowhere, right? Or did she? The the the, the bio she did. she did. Well, I can tell you that story if you want to hear how yeah, that happened. Tracy Chapman, right? Uh, famous Boston uh, yeah, folk um, singer. We worked. One of our, our clients was a guy named Charles Koppelman, and Charles's son, um, who's now the uh, executive producer and uh, showrunner for a, a big show called Billions on uh, Showtime, was a student at Tufts, hmm. and Tracy Chapman went to Tufts, oh, and. He had been telling his father, who was a big music publisher and had EMI music and EMI records in New York, uh, about Tracy Chapman, that she was just this greatest artist. And he, he had to come see her. So finally, he agreed to come up to Boston to see her. So he called up me and my, my, my partner, Jerry Brenner, and he asked us to go to this little club in Cambridge. But anyway, we went there and... Um, so it was myself and my partner and, and Charles Koppelman and, and uh, Charles' son. And so Tracy Chapman, they had a small audience. She got up on stage with just the acoustic guitar and um, she played a set 
And uh, Fast Car was one of the songs that mm -hmm. she played in the set. And when it was all over, um, Charles Koppelman turned to myself and my partner, and he said, I'll make you a deal. He said in front of his son, he said, I'll sign her. If you guys break her, guarantee me you'll break her record. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a pretty big, big, tall order. Yeah, yeah. But we said, yeah, we think we can. And uh, we did. Wow. And when it came out, uh, she was signed to Electra Records. And when it came mm -hmm. out, we we got, uh, I even got Kiss and Pro and Providence, WPR and Providence and the whole Northeast mm -hmm. was where it started. Yeah. yeah. To, to play it. So, so what, what do you have to do, though? Excellent. Kyle, what do you have to do? Do you, do you have to bring a song to somebody that has, you know, a melody, something, a, I hate to say a hook, something that they're going to remember, you know, and want to hear it more than once? Well, I mean, that's the secret to any hit song, something that's memorable, something you can remember. It's got to be unique and different, or it's got to have a ton of hooks, mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Tracy Chapman was a little different. She was a... Uh, a songwriter, yep. a singer-songwriter, kind of a troubadour at the time, and uh, very unique. And she had a very unique sound, her voice, and, and great songs. Yeah. And mm. It was not overproduced. Yeah, it yeah. was simple, if yep. you remember the song. But uh, it was different, and um, we convinced radio to give it a try, and they did. And then people started requesting it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, just like that. Hey, it's a great song. Yeah, it's been, yeah. Yeah, it's been around for Pete. Yes, Pete. Go ahead, Pete. You're a program director, but is the program director do the same duties as a music director? Who who picks the songs when there's a stack of wax on your desk in the morning? Stack of wax. And people yeah. saying you got to listen to the stuff. Let's see if it's going to be part of our format. Ultimately, it's did the you program. do that? Yeah, ultimately, it's the program director. The music director really kind of runs interference for the program director. Okay. Uh, because Car <laughs> Carl, and this is how I I met Carl. I mean, Carl and. 16 other record reps would either be calling or showing up at the radio station yep. with all the music for that week. Yes. And, you know, it's just, as the program director, you just didn't have time to get with everybody. How many so, would get on the year? How many of uh, 1%, 10%, 50%? I don't know. I mean, you'd get pitched on, you know, a dozen or 15 a week? songs a week and, and maybe one. Yeah, yeah. You know, huh, maybe yeah. nothing till, till Were the there next, any envelopes week? attached to those? Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. No, no, no. That was long before my time. <laughs> But there, there were listen. There were plenty of lunches. Yeah, yeah. But there were okay. there were Excuse plenty me. of lunches and uh, you know dinners and you lunches. know. But it was it was just you know a courtesy type thing, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. We don't want to infer that uh, you know there were coke and hookers involved. Did you want me to say it? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. That the elephant in the room? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. But okay. uh, but man, that that uh, Cadillac was a sweet ride. I'll <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a car buff fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Mark Poulin, let me uh, let me grill you for a second. Okay, you're in a band called Limbo Race. Mark has been in a, a number of bands, and he played John Lennon in a Beatlemania type band. We could probably do a whole show on that. But anyway, you're in this band, Limbo Race. You're a Boston Race. band, and you and somehow you get hooked up with MTV, and you win the battle, the rock and roll battle of the bands, or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how did that happen? We played uh, CBGBs, we played Danceteria, and we got down to New York. Um, CBGBs. I don't know. We just did a little three-piece band, and we uh, was doing small clubs, cantones, and yep. places like that. I saw you there. And uh, we rehearsing real hard, you know, down in the basement. Mm -hmm. Then we were invited to the Rock and Roll Rumble. The other band was the High Beams from 
Rhode Island, I think. And um, so we did the thing and we won it. It was like, great. And then it was rebroadcast. Re wow. Oh, rebroadcast. <laughs> yes. On the radio. And we yes. were sitting listening to it. Yes. Going, you don't have any other. We're going, that's us. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It just sounded great. And I went, all at work in the basement. Right off, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was a. So get to the Nina Blackwood story. So now you you're in you're down in New York. You're in the MTV studios. <laughs> Are you in the, the MTV studios? Yeah, we got, down here. We got right. enough uh, tape on the reel to fill the Nina Blackwood story. Mark, <laughs> Mark, correct. We got all night. Are you? Go ahead. So you're done in the. Oh, I thought it was a lull. Yeah. you're done in the MTV studios, yeah. right? You meet her. She used to live in Newport, yes. where we all kind of live, right? Take it from there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Then, then what? And uh, we were doing the interview, which was probably at 4 p.m., uh, 4 a.m. on a Wednesday or something. Okay. But, um, yeah, she was uh, she put her know, friendly to all the band, but it yes. took to me a little bit more. And I'm going, oh. Okay, well, you know, the interview board connection and all that. Yes, yes. You know. Okay. And uh, then we left. So you got married in your... <laughs> then we left. <laughs> okay. Musicians, Interesting really. story. <laughs> really. Okay, so you're not, I get that. you're not pen pals with her or anything? You ever ring her up on Sirius XM? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe she'll ring up. Sirius XM. She's got ideas. her own show on Sirius XM. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Uh oh. I'll call her yeah. Along with a lot of those other. You've, uh, just, you've just pulled yeah. a pin yeah. out of that hand grenade there, Wani. Yeah. So listen, <clears throat> I'll just okay. go around. Uh, you know what we should do? Ring her up. Let's take a yeah, commercial. <laughs> this one one matchmaker. Come on the show again. Tell us about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get her side of the story. <laughs> Uh, why don't we uh, take a quick commercial break? Exactly. Then? She'll probably lie. Anyway. <laughs> She'll probably <laughs> lie. Um, yeah, we'll get her on. Will you be on if we get her on there, Mark? Sure. Little sure. he said, he said she said. She'll probably go. I don't remember. <laughs> he said, he said. Yeah. If you have any numbers or ways to contact her, let us know, okay? No, we'll find Yeah, her. absolutely. Sure. Okay. Yeah. She looks a little like Stevie Nicks, right? Or the shot here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her head used to go like that a lot. Remember that? Uh, no. As she was speaking. For a, no. a radio show, but no. do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> side to side. That's right, yeah. Rolling yeah. back and forth. Rolling yeah. back and forth for our listeners. Okay. All right. You got color radio. You can do I think it's time now to take that uh, emergency break. So we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Money's Musical yeah. X Files here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hogs Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
not that huge, but big star. You're kind of a star, uh, right? Hey, listen, and, when, when we get who was he married to, to the, at the time? Uh, uh, Goldie Hawn's uh, daughter. Kate yeah. Hudson, yeah. Kate, what's what, the name? What, what, the, was the name? what the hell happened Kate, there? Yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate Hudson. Kate, Kate, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah uh, Do you want yeah. us to get him back on and see if he remembers so, throwing the ball with you? I'm, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's throwing the tennis ball back and forth. I'm saying, I'm like two levels, I'm like only one level away from Kate Hudson because he was probably touching her before the show. Oh, boy. And I'm going, this oh, is like, boy, I'm not washing my hands. Shut that up. was another, another reason why I wasn't washing my hands for a week. Yeah. <laughs> now you know why our editor's a rich man. Yeah, it's this <laughs> stream of consciousness <laughs> stuff. No. And that's a true let's start, story. Let's, let's start the let's oh start the show. God. Let's start the show. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. One minute. One minute. One minute. One minute. Here we go. Three I'm seconds. Three tape. seconds. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Musical Exiles Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. We are going over what the Boston scene, the Boston music scene, which a lot of people here in the room tonight uh, remember, but also lived through. Uh, Juan Juan is with us, and also Raven is with us. Raven, can you see my camera? Hello. Can you see my camera? I, yeah. You what you got? You recognize that? Some kind of German you, thing. You brought it to me. You brought it to me. I did? Okay. No, I didn't. Uh, listen, uh, also Juan Juan is with us. Juan, <laughs> you bet. <laughs> yes. I'm enjoying every minute of this. Right. Mark Poland, lead vocalist in Hello. League of Top Player for Sky Club. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Your busy schedule. Thanks for joining us. Good, thanks for having me on. Pistol Pete Falcone is here in the studio with us tonight. Yeah, my are you in the shot enough? Do you want me to move the camera? No, a that's fine. More? He's in the shot. He's, I'm in. You sure? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's in. Yeah, he's, he's he in. looks good. Yeah. Okay. Kyle Strobe. Kyle, where are you anyway? Kyle Strobe, it, it, been in the Boston music scene a long time. A&R guy, record promoter, also on the radio show. Where are you? Out uh, in some rich suburb, I'm guessing. Um, North Andover. Okay, uh, I was right. That's rich. Okay. Suburb. Larry Katz mm. out there in Cambridge. Larry, how you doing? Great. All right. Great. I don't want to say it disparagingly. Larry. But I used to live near Porter Square. You know where that is? Of course he does. Okay. That's my hood. That's your hood. Okay. Good right. Place. And he used to ride your right. tricycle up to out of town news, right? Correct? Right up to right up to Harvard Square, right? Yeah. All the way. That's a long ride actually. Yeah. Two bus stops away. On a trike, yes. Right. Okay, built up and get the London Times and bring it back and see what was going on at Downton Abbey. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, back then when you're five years the old, the London Times. I mean, there we go. As straight laced as that paper was, sometimes you'd get a a little bit of a bead on uh, what was happening in in the British invasion world. The, really? Back yeah. In, you know, sixty four, sixty five. Okay. Yeah. And this is interesting. Because... I think I heard the you know, a lot of kinks and Manfred Mann and stuff on BBC at night. It's one of those. BBC channels when they were starting to play music, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, uh, and, they, uh, they know, play rock music. They were on shortwave radio. I had a shortwave radio. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. You have to make it in the United States, right, to be a big band. Let's face it. You have to make it in the United States to be big. Well, I think, you know, Cliff Richards would say no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Keith Richards would say that they got all their music from the U.S. Right. And the bands, you know, emulated those tunes right blues uh, yep that's a strange in love thing. with those artists like the chuck berries and the bo diddley's and what have you and Dion the real deep and, blues guys right and uh fell in love with the music and made it their own and tweaked it a little bit mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and then imported it back to us that's how strange it was, it was yeah wow yeah. this is the best thing since sliced bread yeah yep. this yeah. is great i don't know what you call and, that you know, they kind Cross. of uh, borrowed the music from uh 
our, so, our American legends. I mean, when you think about it, you have guys like the Rolling Stones and uh, the Yardbirds with Jeff Beck. Yeah. And um, Led Zeppelin. You know, mm -hmm. they were Eric Clapton is a prime example. Cream. Yep. But yep. They were doing something with the blues. They were just reintroducing us to right. it. Exactly. Strange. Turning on essentially white kids. Yep. Right. It's like um, um, they. Exactly. I mean, the the British in the blues. A lot of it came out of the blues. The Beatles aren't really a blues band. They're more of like a Chuck Berry rock pop influence band. But so many of the bands that Larry just mentioned that we know started with the blues. And the strange thing is that they. And I'm just encapsulating what you said before. They would come over and find these guys over here, Jimmy Reed, and you know these people we don't know of in the Mer in the United States. They translate yeah. their music over there. Then bring it back in, and it's a big hit. I mean, it's strange how that kind of stuff happens, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Pat Boone had a bunch of hits that he just re-recorded from black artists, yeah, right. like Tutti Frutti and stuff. And, Little Richard, and, yeah. Stuff well, that. and and Carl, you had a guy, uh, uh, again, a local local guy, I think Boston area, that was huge. What is he in Japan? Michael Afric, who you managed, as oh, a matter of yeah, fact. Michael Afric. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I had an artist that I managed and. Um, for a lot of years, he was signed to um, Disney Hollywood Records in yeah, America. Yeah. Nice, but um, he was gigantic in Japan, and um, also produced the biggest pop singer in Japan for many years. Wrote the songs. They would write the songs in America because they wanted the American-sounding songs mm. for this Japanese artist. Interesting. So they would write the songs. It was all done right in Boston, in studios in Boston, Synchro Sound and studios in Boston. Okay. So they recorded his tracks. He flew over to Japan. They put the vocals on in Japan with him and this girl. Her name was Mai Karaki. She sold millions and millions of records. <laughs> yes. And, um, Let's get her on. And they, and they uh, yeah, and they mixed them over there and they played. Uh, Huge stadiums. I mean, it was wow, crazy. wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, very, very successful. And um, we toured with Britney on her first tour. Yeah, huh? we toured with Backstreet and on their wow. first tour. Raven is and Michael was yeah, yes, Michael was here in America. Anymore. Yes, his biggest success came in Japan. That's Raven is having a a, I'll a, it. a moment. Is that for Britney? Britney, for Raven, Britney. really? It's yeah, for Britney. free Britney. Britney, free oh. Britney. Come I love on, her. let's free get. Yeah. yeah, but there, there's yeah. an example of People of, picked a, of on a, Britney for a long time. I don't know why. A Boston area guy. Was, Go ahead, man. And the and the songs, all the tracks, other than the lead vocal, were done in Boston. Yeah, yeah, right. And they flew them over to Japan, and they were huge hits. Wow. Now, now is he a Caucasian guy? I hate to be like that. Is he an Asian guy or is he a Caucasian guy? Caucasian, really? Yeah. yeah, man. Oh, man. Went to, went to, went to Berkeley. Went to Berkeley. Out. Okay. All Wrote right. Pop song. Yes. What they wanted in Japan is they wanted songs that sounded like American hits for mm. Japanese artists. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. That was it. You know what's funny? That's what we did. That's what we produced. Hey, Larry, I'm going to ask you this because I, I literally saw millions and millions of records over in Japan. Now, the thing about it over in Japan is a CD at the time yep. in Japan. Sold for about thirty dollars U.S. Really? Um, whereas our CD sold for like eighteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. A, much more expensive for a CD domestic release right. in hmm. Japan. So I mean, the amount of money that was made was crazy. Wow, that's nuts! And so, in return, we like sushi. 
Yes, right. I've never had sushi. Yeah, do you eat sushi? I love sushi. Really? You knew yes. sushi like I knew sushi. Yes. <laughs> what a fish. Wani. I mean, you got to be careful because you can get bad stuff. Well, why do you want to eat anything, it'll, something it'll that you want to have to be careful about? Well, well, it's, be... it's the thrill. The thr- you know I mean? It's the thrill. <laughs> the thrill Yeesh. of sushi. Yeah. Okay. Never got into it. Raven, do you eat sushi? Raven, do you eat sushi? You I do? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. It's good. You got to eats... get, get the right... You have to be careful. Yeah. This is, uh, well, no, gotta be. If you don't get the right the right one, it'll be gross. Yes. Because I don't like the one with the raw fish. But you're the no. one who eats the organic pop tots in the morning, and you're eating sushi later yeah. on in the day. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Another, another peek into Raven's world. Interesting. Okay. So listen, let me just go around the uh, the horn here real quick. All right. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Musical X Files. I'm going to ask everyone what song. Would you be happy never hearing again? Popular song, okay? I'm going to start with you, Pete, because you have oh, a puzzled boy. look in your face. Yeah, okay, yeah. now listen. What song would you – you've heard – think of all the songs you've, you've, you've rejected, let's say, but think of all the hits. Yeah. What song do you not want to hear again? And I'm not going to take Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys, okay? That's okay. off the board. Okay. Okay. Personally, I, I, you got to you got to bypass me for this one, so no. I think about it. I mean, honestly, okay. all right. I, I can't tell you what song I would punch right. away from. Uh, uh, on the radio. All right, let's think about it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mark Poland, tell me what song do you never want to hear again? Uh, how about Hotel California? <laughs> that's that's going <laughs> to win. That's going to win, folks. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyle. Kyle, what song do you would you not want to hear again? I'm going to tell you this story. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you the song. Yep. Pete's going to laugh. Go ahead. I hope I never hear Kokomo. Oh, well, yeah. no, yeah. you're on. We're no, on board. There's, there's a great, there's a great yeah. story behind okay. it. Oh, good one. Tell That's us. an awful song. Tell People us. tell you why I don't want to hear it again. Because uh, w- w- Carl, with his record label, yep. passed on that song. Right, now, hold on. Let's just talk. Label. Hang on a second. So Kokomo was the song <laughs> by the Beach Boys yep. that was the theme song for Cocktail, which is a Tom Cruise movie, Yeah. who Raven has ruined for us forever. Because if you look at Tom Cruise, he has a tooth in the middle of his face. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> never noticed. Yeah, you'll never unsee it again. He yeah. his, his teeth don't line up at his summer. nose. But anyway. Well, but Kokomo, yeah. Kokomo became the last number one song for Beach, Beach Boys in the 1980s. Written by John Phillips right. of the Mamas and the Papas. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. But in the in the video, they have like the guy from you know Little House in the Prairie playing drums. What happened? You know, um, you know who I mean. <laughs> John Stamos? Yes. Yeah, well, he he plays with them. But, them, okay. But right. um the true story is that they came forward to Carl's label okay. with that record. Record and said, you know, um, uh, you know, we have a song. The Beach Boys want to release it. They want to put it out on your label. Yes. And Carl went, "It's a piece of crap." Yes, but he was right. Get out of here. <laughs> and and uh, went. They went to what label did they end up on, Carl? Electra. Electra. Okay. So Electra, Electra Records. And, those bastards. Uh, they went number, number one. one. Okay. They got ev- Electra got everybody hey, back then. There's well, some swings and misses. I there. thought it was horrible. And I said, eh, I ain't interested. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but what songs? But what songs? Who was did the you... head of Electra at the time? He was brilliant, Jack Holzman or something. Who was it? That was after Jack. But oh, it was after. Yeah. Okay, I mean Electra picked up a <laughs> lot of good acts. But I've got to tell you this. Go ahead. In my defense, I was in California, and I had lunch with uh, Terry Melcher. Yes, and Terry Melcher, Doris Day's son. Yep. And Terry Melcher was Darth one of the writers, and he worked very closely with the Beach Boys. Yes. We had lunch. Played me a cassette demo of the song Kokomo. Okay, yes. And, you know, I just thought, eh. He said, take it back, bring it back, play it for everybody at the record company, see what they think, let me know. If you want it, you can have it. 
So, I mean, right, right away, I made up my mind. I, I didn't want to, I thought it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I brought it back. Still horrible. Everybody in the office. One guy thought it was great, or he said he did. I'm not sure I believe him. Okay. But the consensus was, eh, we don't know. So I said, I called Terry Melcher. I said, listen, thank you for thinking of us. You know, we'd put it out as a favor if you want us to, but. We don't really believe in the record, okay. so we're going to pass. <laughs> so we did. Yes. We became number one. What I, sh- I, tell you? I should just add. I passed on. I also yes. passed on Go ahead. Harden My Heart by um, uh, Harden My Heart. Yeah, yeah, Quarter Flash. Yeah, yeah, with the, the girl who Great played the song. saxophone. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was Pat Benatar. Yeah, a little bit of Tad. Yeah, well, someone, Pat, someone straightened me out on that, but yeah, I, was I, I don't know why. The band was called Mother's Milk. They weren't called Quarter Flash oh, yeah. when they said. Huh. Mm, well. Interesting. You missed some, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. So you, so Carl, and I wish I never hear it. Yeah, again. but you know what song Carl didn't Carl, pass you, you on? You were to Kokomo as Decca was to uh, the Beatles. The Beatles, right? right yeah, that's right. right. Guitar <laughs> groups are going out of style. Go ahead, the, Pete. The song that Carl didn't pass yeah. on. Go ahead. Was the Macarena? Oh, Carl, you genius! <laughs> yeah. oh, you musical genius, yeah, really? I'm but that was that was huge. Yes, that's worldwide. Freaking. That, that record. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow, yes. What a business. Well, that's it, yeah. it, it, a fantastic business. Yeah. It, it, it must be. It's it's a crazy business. I've been I've been reading. I don't know why. Uh, you know, rock biographies. Okay. And I'm also uh, started reading this um, uh, this this book about um, Warner Brothers Records. Okay. I forget exactly what it's called, but Warner Brothers Records was so poor at the beginning. They had, they were in the 30s, but they came back in 1958. Jack Warner right. said, "I don't want any of that rock and roll crap." You know, and they basically are making records. So, you know, with uh, Pat Boone and one of their movies, they want him on the radio. That was the thing, right, yeah. Crush? <clears throat> and they were so poor that they had to go. They gave him an office building on the MGM lot, but no budget. So they had to go to the prop department and get phones and and, and chairs and office furniture. Yeah. Props for movies. And and then 10 years later, three years later, they are on top of the world. Jimi Hendrix, because they took chances if you want to believe the book they took chances on these way out people and it and it hit for them it you worked know? you know jimmy hendrix yeah. right away you know but mm-hmm. lots of other you know if you want to believe the book they cared about their artist and you know blah 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 but you know the success kind of uh you know speaks for itself yeah. you know so interesting story hmm. should we take a break pete you're the program director should we take well, a break I, but you didn't get the other songs from the other oh well, that's right okay songs they never want to hear again. i thought i'd bring oh, yeah. it okay so let me see uh larry let's go to you larry have we gone to larry yet no you okay larry on. you see i need to produce some pete uh, remember, remember the old days yeah. when we used yes, to do yeah, the mex yeah, yeah. wow okay larry what song could you you don't care if you'd never hear it again uh, i'd have to go to a classic that uh go ahead starship we oh. built this city. Oh, yeah. oh. Yes. Why is everybody ragging on that song? Voted right? the worst rock and roll song <laughs> ever. Actually, in the paper, right? by the guys in the band, they voted it the worst yeah. rock and roll. I don't know. Song that's ever. a good song. Butterfly. He's the lead singer. He's everywhere. That guy. He's dead. Marty Mighty Pale. He was fronting like three bands at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, even Grace Slick. You know, I mean, it's cash and a paycheck. Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. So she said she didn't want to be singing that. Yes. When she was forty. Thank you, Larry. She was singing it up until she was 60. <laughs> 60. At Raven, do you have a song that you never want to hear again? Um, I would say that, uh, what's that one by stupid Dave Matthews band? Um, <laughs> little Miss, Little Miss. Cra- crash uh, Into Me. Crash Into Me. Yeah, that song's terrible, too. Oh, it's a gigantic piece of 
everything they do. 18, I can't stand it. 18, um, so anything. <laughs> yes. Anything by Dave Matthews Band. I would just uh, never, s- ever. No. For I'm some gonna, reason, I'm going to throw this to Kyle. Kyle, can you, it, Dave Matthews Band, yeah. okay? Why is Dave Matthews Band have, they're not just pop, but they're kind of cultish in a way. I mean, I know people are into Dave Matthews and they're like the Grateful Dead. They're going to go, they're going to see him 60 times a year and. Yeah, can you explain that? Because yeah. I don't think any of your no, songs I'm are. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying they're still very big. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a whole underground um, group. I mean, people love the Dave Matthews. Band. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think they they were they were just um, they're connected with college kids. Yep. And uh, millennials. Yep. And um, and people just love them because they were they were fun to. To go here and see the hoodie and the blowfish the crowd, music was, was but, but they're a jam well, band. They're a jam band, and sometimes they'll just play and play and play yeah. and play. And people right. like that, but dude, right. man, it's vicious. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not like that. I, I like a band just to play their hits. You know, play the songs I recognize, change them up a little bit, but you know, don't jam for thirty minutes. I mean, you know, the men's room is going to be you crowded. Like fish? Yeah. yeah, the fi- yeah, yeah, fish, yeah, fish, yeah. and oh, fish. oh God. really, you know. Well, anyway, hey Peter, you went to the Grateful well, Dead. You look like a Grateful Dead guy. No, no, no. no. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I can't say I love it. I mean, okay. I, I tolerate it. But, All right. Uh, Did you know what the Grateful Dead fan said <laughs> when he didn't take LSD before a concert? No, this music sucks. Huh? No, but I saw the Grateful Dead at at um, um, that big racetrack up at Watkins Glen. Okay, oh, how yeah. about this? They they tried to recreate oh, yeah. Woodstock. They had the Grateful Dead. The Almond Brothers, right after right with um, right mm. after Dwayne Almond died, okay. all right, and the band. Wow. Okay. Almond Brothers were unbelievable. Almond nice. Brothers were just unbelievable. Grateful Dead, <laughs> terrible. Wow. Come on, man. I, I, uh, out of tune. And, oh. I, I got tickets from the record company to see the Grateful Dead yep. up in Portland, Maine, when I was working up there. Yep. And uh, I was chummy with the woman who was a... TV meteorologist at the local TV station. Chummy. So, Chummy is so, the secret word of the night. Go ahead. So, so I, Chummy. I said, uh, uh, you know, you want to go to a concert? Sure. <laughs> yes. So uh, we went to, I had these tickets to go see The Grateful Dead. Okay. So we went in, and and needless to say, you know, I just, it, it wasn't, you know, I didn't get it. Didn't I hit the spot. <laughs> didn't get it. Didn't yes. get what the people all twirling around in the lobby and all this other stuff. Doing so the noodle dance. We, we stayed for about three, three songs, <laughs> yes. and we left. And yes. the show was sold out, and there were a bunch of people out outside the arena that mm. didn't get in, but they were just hanging outside Bad because heads. it was a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. And we left and they chased us down the street going, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? The show's not over. How dare are you? you? Going? Why don't you give us your tickets? Uh, you know, it's like they were angry that we left before the show was <laughs> But They were not good. They're not good. They're not good musicians. I hate to say it, but they're not good musicians. I know a guy in Saratoga. Here's the other one. He was my name, lived in the same house as me and he was good friends with them. And when they would come to play in Saratoga, it's back a big shed. They'd have him, you know, sit at the back during the rehearsal to see if it sounded okay. And he would see them backstage and stuff. He says, have you ever seen a picture of the Grateful Dead with deadheads? No. Hmm. He says, they don't have anything to do with those people. I hate to be like that, but. Yeah. Do you like the Grateful Dead? Oh, we've already asked Raven that. Raven? No. Do you know who they are? Oh. Do you like them, Juan Juan? I know who they are. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Juan Juan, you don't like them. I got one of their first, I got their first album, uh. Where they did a cover of uh, "Morning Dew." Um, oh, yeah. Woo! Mm-hmm. Right. Good cover. But great, they had a good. They had a, stuff in that first album. They did have a couple of hits. Not, not to talk about the Grateful Dead. 
but they had a couple of well, hits. but they weren't uh, out to live have dead. Hits. The first Live right, Dead yeah. album, two records set. I got that, yeah. and I got some bootleg stuff. And, and like Kiss, Kiss is but my never kids. Been bad. Yeah, they, they just saw the they, they dead weren't out just to before have. Jerry Garcia died at the, mm. the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View. Mm. Mm. I think they were traveling on their name. Saw they? the gig, Metallica. I saw them um, in Virginia, and the warm up, the, the opening act was. Uh, the New Riders of the Purple Sage, oh, which wow. was like a gig that yeah, Jerry like to see Garcia them. would yeah, yeah. play pedal steel with. I bet you the better musicians. They so, were actually New Riders are great. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Those really country like musicians. So, um, all right. So, uh, who reminds me of a joke? Go ahead, Larry. Please. Reminds me of a joke. Go ahead. There's a uh, British rock band. They're kind of in the style of Led Zeppelin. They're really wild. They've got a crazy lead singer. They play a gig in Madison Square Garden. I'm going to tell you the short version. They go back to the hotel. Go ahead. They're out of control. The lead singer goes up onto the roof of the hotel. He's standing on the edge, showing off, and he falls okay. from the 16th story of the hotel. And he comes down, and a truck is going by, and it's filled with mattresses. He hits the mattresses. He bounces up, he lands on his feet on the street, and he's perfectly fine. Yes. Wow. The other band members run out, and they go, holy mackerel, you're the luckiest man in music. And he goes, no, that would be Bob Weir. Oh. <laughs> wow. it? There you go. Well, Mark has the uh, snare drum. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Great. All right. Yeah. We saw well, Bob. Berkeley, that's all I know. We saw Bob Weir once on uh, Nightline. Remember that show, Beyond at Midnight? Yeah. You know, and... <clears throat> They're asking him something. It's just him. And they ask him something, and, he, and he's just staring blankly into the camera, staring, staring. And finally, like, a hand comes off stage and goes like this and shakes him awake. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow, Bob Weir. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I never got that. I, I don't want to dwell on the Grateful Dead. So listen, let's go back. We're talking about Boston music scene. Let's go back to, like, the late 60s and the, and the beginning of the 70s because um, Dick Summer – I mean, I grew up listening to Dick Summer. Okay, Dick Summer had that voice, and and I'm sure a lot of people are out. He's still doing stuff. He's still doing stuff. He's got to be in his 90s easily, but he has I don't that. Think he's that old, but yeah. he's that. He has that voice that he would be on Sunday nights, especially, and it's very romantic. And you know, he just. Um, but for years, he was at BZ, WBC, which was a big rock station in Boston for a while. <clears throat> and what he tried to do, or he was the proponent of, uh, MGM Records were you know kind of behind it, I'm sure, but. He tried to get Boston bands to break nationally, okay? So people that we know, all right, for instance, there was a band called Orpheus, which oh, had sure. a great song called uh, Can't, Can't Find, Find the, the Time. time. To yeah. tell you, I mean, that was played at every prom in Vitatum, you know? I mean, it's just one of those songs, but never heard from them again, okay? Mm -hmm. um, Ultimate Spinach. Mark, you remember the Ultimate Spinach? Hell yeah. You know? I mean— Some of those guys, Steely Dan, eventually, or Mike? There's some kind of Steely Dan connection with them? I don't know. Beacon Street Union, no. remember that? Well, it's 420, what do you want? There is a connection with them now. <laughs> yeah, I think is there that, was some that, kind of connection. A couple of the guys go over to Steely Dan or something? Or something. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't think they lasted that long at Steely Dan. Because the the guys in Steely Dan. personal lineup, it just doesn't seem to match. Right. Oh, as far as Steely style. Dan, we know and love. The, Shops uh, and whatnot. The guys <laughs> yeah. in Steely Dan were in Jay and the Americans. They were the Americans of Jay and the Americans. Mm. They played in his. And, and here's a trivia question. We should have had a bunch of trivia questions. Who was Steely Dan's first drummer? Hmm. Jeff Bocaro. Chevy Chase. Really? Chevy Chase. Chevy yeah. Chase. Yeah, played with them in college. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, like from SNL? Yeah, yeah. That funny, funny man. He's, he's not funny. Come wow. On. Mm. He's not, he's, he's, we love Chevy Chase. You think Chase. he's funny, Pete? 
Uh, he had his days. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, a- after like well, the, that, after the the National Lampoon movies, right, yeah. kind of went downhill eighty years ago. Yeah. So listen, yeah. so you know, I, I was on board with that Boston sound. Let's go back to that for a okay, second. Okay. Yes. Um, I, it was like those three acts: Beacon Street Union, Ultimate Smittich, and Orpheus came out at the exact same time. Right. Uh-huh. With uh, who? What's his name? Alan Lorber at the at the helm of all of this. Yeah. And. I gobbled it up. I was at the Harvard Coop, and I couldn't wait to get a hold so of. So, Kyle, you I, remember I this? Them. I'm not going to dig, dig them out now, but I do have them. You remember it, Kyle, right? And the only one I liked was really Orpheus. Orpheus had the biggest song. I mean, you know, Beacon Street Union, Ultimate Spinach. Yeah. We know the names, but I mean, I can't think of any song they did. But Orpheus was that was just in the. I think that was just three guys. There was almost like a folk band or something, mm. you know. But so, why didn't the boss sound work, Kyle? Well, first of all, they released all the records at the same time. Okay, like Larry Hoover. It probably remember this. Uh, they were trying to create the Boss Town sound, uh-huh. and they released all three albums at the same time. Okay. Um, That's a mistake. Which was not necessarily the smartest thing to do from a marketing point of view. Okay. From a record label, because you can only promote, you can only promote so many things at one time. Right. And I think the Orpheus song was a pop song, and the other, right. and Ultimate Spinach was that. They weren't really top 40, what we call top 40 back in those days. Yep. Beacon Street Union. They were more uh, rock bands, more WBCN type bands. Yep. But they couldn't promote them all. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it wasn't necessarily, they weren't necessarily great records and great great artists. I mean, the Orpheus song was a great song. Yeah, that was a good song. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that was a one-off. Um, unfortunately... I mean, there were other bands. Don't forget the Barbarians were from Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, the Barbarians. Are you a boy or are you a girl? Right, Remember? exactly. And Multi. With his hook, a drummer. Yeah, the drummer had a hook. The drummer there had a hook for one of his hands, right? Multi. At that time, yeah. Don't, don't, don't from run away. Provincetown, Massachusetts. Were they really, yeah? That's right. Interesting. The thing about, the, thing about the Boston sound. Yeah, yeah, the Boston sound. They had the beat. They, they actually had the they released all three records at the same time. MGM put in all this money and they created a publicity campaign. Right. And people felt it was being shoved down their throat. Yes. Right. Well, there was. the late 60s, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking for authenticity mm-hmm. and real stuff. And it felt wrong. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. like it was a manufactured yes. right. craze they were trying to create. And Dick and Summer... Fun. Yeah, Dick Summer got on the on board. I don't know if he got on board just you know, aesthetically or whatever, but he he promoted the hell out of that, and it just never took. You know, it never took. And then you know, a few years go by, and all of a sudden, Jay Giles is big, Aerosmith is big. Um, you know, uh, even yeah, the um, mighty mighty Boston, Boston, Boston the is big. Weren't that good. That that's a big part of it too. What was that? If the music had been stronger, I mean, there was a couple of good songs. Yep, it's interesting in retrospect, but. They're not great albums. It's no. funny about Dick Summer, though. He had such street cred on WBZ that whatever he said went. Right, basically. yeah. Oh, yeah. So if Dick Summer said it was cool. Yes, Ron McEwen. His fans or regular listeners of BZ during his shift would agree with him. But look, at he, he would promote Rod. one of them. He would promote Rod McEwen, the poet, okay? All right? And I, I mean, I would get his books and I'd read them. I'd say, what, the, what is this? You know, I mean, it didn't make any sense. But when he read it, and he had that music background. It sounded great. Oh, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it was all in the He's delivery. still doing that. Still and still don't doing blame it man. all on Dick Summer. Larry Justice was also a big fan of Larry the Larry Justice. Well, you know, I mean, why not get when him? He was board, on Wimax. You know? but, uh, but so then, anyway, so, that, so then that passes. You that can whole... call up Larry Justice right now and give him a bunch of 
crap about it. Go ahead. You got his number? You got his number? <laughs> see if he can get on Zoom. WMEX Quincy. So after that, so after that though, but then a few years go by, but like I said, then all of a sudden, I think MTV helped us too, but Jay Giles, huge. Aerosmith was hanging around for a long time, but then they hit, you yeah. know, they hit on MTV, okay? And then Boston, of course, the, the band Boston, which is like really one guy, and he recorded that whole album. Then he that, that around that same era, I'll tell you a band that I loved that I think was underrated and right around that time from right. Boston, Robin Lane and the Chart Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. yep. You know, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. And just didn't, I, I don't think they got the national play that those other bands Right, did. yeah, yeah, right. But it's it's kind of funny because there is no real Boston sound. That's the whole thing, you know. Jay Giles doesn't sound like Aerosmith, and Aerosmith doesn't sound like Boston, and Boston sound like you know Tracy Chapman. You know, I mean, there isn't that where you know you go in the '80s in L.A. Everything sounds alike because a lot of stuff is being done by those the Wrecking Crew point Mac, two. You know, you know, what, you know what Boston synths. did have though, Mac. They had a place to play. They had venues. They had venues that were very hip. Yes. They had venues that were competing with New York City. They had the Tea Party. They had the psychedelic supermarket they have the oh, unicorn right coffee house the tea party they have i saw the jefferson airplane at the unicorn coffee house when surrealistic pillow came out really? i was like like the second row wow eating a, a baklava having a cup of coffee and watching uh did grace I was on the side of the this side where grace, where did grace, grace was. i was in love with grace did she spit on you <laughs> you were that close I, I was in heaven at, i was in heaven man <laughs> at the unicorn coffee house yeah, so is she and, uh, uh, next to paul's mall right yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Paul's mom. Right on that street. Yeah. Unicorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right yeah, across from the Another crew. band from Boston too that. Go ahead. Almost, almost hit it was Duke and the Driver. Oh, Duke, Duke and the Driver. Yeah. 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 That band? yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? Yeah. yeah. What you got? And I'll tell you a, a funny story. Um, they were on MCA Records, and uh, the local promotion guy was trying desperately to get it on WRKO. Duke and the Driver was on RKO. And he'd been working it for weeks and weeks. And Arkale kept saying, no, 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 we're not going to play it. We don't want to play it. Well, back in those days, there was the Playboy Club in Boston. Yes. Uh, everybody probably remembers there used to be a Playboy Club. Oh, I agree. Where People, the Four Seasons Hotel is now. People told me that. So he found out that WRKO was having an event at the Playboy Club where the whole staff and all the big people from RKO were going to be there. So he rented a big, giant u-haul box truck and he put a giant sign on the side of the truck that said please play duke and the drivers and he parked the truck right in front of the playboy club cool yes and the record went on the next week yeah this is man. because they said he went to that trouble that was, good. was that passionate about it right they added the record yeah yeah that's good okay his name was charlie mckenzie do you remember Charlie McKenzie? Uh, I I know the, the name. Guy. Yeah, I don't I don't remember uh, him specifically. But I remember name. All right, let's talk about another the, band. The sign on the truck. They finally got him to play the record. Uh, well, here's Duke a, and the drivers. That they was, were good. Uh, here's another band, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Now, oh, yeah. all right, so they're from Boston. Now, there's there's something unique uh, about them, and this is it. Okay, there's about eight of them. Okay. Yeah. And but there's one guy. He doesn't sing. He doesn't play the tambourine. He just dances. He just does that ska dance on the stage with yeah, them. You know. Yeah. Wow. What an easy ride. Right, right, <laughs> you don't right. have to sing. You don't have to play an instrument. Getting hmm. all the girls. You need the cardio, though. Yeah. You get the cardio. You're right. Yeah, you have to move. Mark will remember the stompers. Yeah. The, uh, the stompers. The stompers. Oh, yeah. 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 Another boss. Yeah. 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 Now on the stompers. Yeah. Del Bagley on the stompers. Listen. Mm -hmm. Larry, you must have interviewed all those bands. Larry. The local. Well, 
Does Can anybody remember the Rock and Ramrods? Oh, I have sure. to that yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I, I, I mean, very quickly, I'll tell you a story about the Rock and Ramrods. I saw them down Paragon Park, okay, in Nantasket oh, yeah. Beach. WBZ yeah. used to have week, you know, daytime concerts down there, and Rock and Ramrods were like the house band of the Surf Nantasket at the time. And they came out and they played a rocked up version of "I Want You" by Bob Dylan. And the and Bob Dylan's song had only come out like a week before. They were great. They changed the name to just the Ramrods, but they were really good musicians, you know. And they, you know, learned this song in a week and. You know, killed with it, but uh, they were big, yeah. Rock and Ramrods, yikes! They're all accountants now, I'm sure. Retired accountants. Weren't they, weren't they originally like a uh, an instrumental band? Yeah, probably like a surf band. Yeah. Orchestra Luna. Orchestra Luna, yeah, yeah. Remember them? Okay. How about them? Remember um, that? Yeah. How about um, um? I don't remember what they did, but I remember the name. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was absent with, that with day. With their repertoire at all. How about Oof. Orleans? Orleans, they're from Cape, the Cape in Gloucester. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. they had a big kind of soft rock song. Say, listen, on I that. I they were from upstate New York. Oh, maybe. Orleans. Orleans, I yeah. That, that, well, yes. Got I know my, my dentist is in Gloucester, and one of the guys played at his daughter's wedding. Oh, really? On a, on a schooner down in Gloucester, by the way. Huh. Yeah, wow. you can get him. he was available. Okay. Okay. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? You're listening to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files. Tonight, we're talking about the Boston sound, okay? Hopefully, you don't have to be from Boston to enjoy the show. Raven, you're not from Boston. You've never been to Boston, right? I've been to Boston. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what I don't remember it. I was like three. Oh, three. But okay. I've been there. Oh, you did? I've been there. She's been, been there. She's been there. Yeah. Did you go to the South three End? Or 33. It doesn't matter. She's <laughs> did you go to Roxbury? I ain't 33 yet. Uh-oh. Don't say that. That's right. You're still like, what? Twenty-one, twenty-three, thirty-one, thirty-one. See, we're not believing that. It's all BS. You're not thirty-one. We want to see the. She said some pictures the other day on Instagram, and we're look. I'm going. Excuse me. That's not thirty. There's no thirty going on. Wait a Pictures. What pictures? Who was that friend with? Who was that girlfriend on the other side of the picnic table? Oh, that's her cousin. That's my cousin. Yes. Huh? That's my cousin. Oh, that's your cousin. Yes. Yes. Right. I told you what my friend Bob. Two chicks having fun at the outside. Two chicks. All right, so listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we yeah. uh, regroup and take a... Um, what are we now? doing? We're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back after this. You okay. listen to Mac Maloney's... I think I've said this before. You listen to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Deep dive into the Boston music scene. We'll be right back after this. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to Macaloni's Military. No, wow. Huh. What do you say? Start again. We'll just start again. Okay? All right, here we go. Take two. We probably won't cut this up. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Macaloni's Musical X-Files here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaloni. Wow, what a show. Uh, we've uh, put on view tonight, if that's the right term. Wait, I'm going to start again. Can I start again? Sure. I'm looking at you, Pete, like <laughs> you're the professor. Thanks for putting us on. 30 minutes. 30 seconds. Here we go. Here we go. Remember that, Pete? Wow. Thank you for putting us on. We'll go at 45. Or if you listen to us in the car, 45. thanks for the ride. I'll tell you, we better get freaking rich with these bloopers there, J-Train. Right, here we go. <laughs> 
There's a lot of them. It is unbelievable. We have a, an entire blooper of him catching a fly at the old station. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And really rehabilitating him. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. All right, three seconds. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Musical X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Um, we are doing a special music show tonight on the Boston Sound. You don't have to be from Boston, hopefully. Uh, to kind of be interested in what happened in Boston in you know from the late '60s on up into the present, and we're um, uh, happy to have a lot of uh, folks here who were right in on the scene. First of all, Pistol Pete Falcone, thanks for joining us, Pete. My pleasure. You were right in on it, right? Radio well, stations, right? In we're the, working in the, the radio industry in those days. Yeah. Right. Right. Was it exciting as? Oh, it was. We it, think it is. Yeah, it was back then. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Bet. You know, I, and the weird part was that you know I grew up listening to radio. I was yes. a big radio fan. You know, through the through the sixties, the right. the uh, WBZ, yeah. WMEX, yes. WRKO uh, era, and mm-hmm. uh, then then to think that I actually got to work in radio, right, and yeah. then very early in my career, get, getting to work in Boston as yeah, a right. DJ. Right. So it was cool. So did you really drive a caddy? Did you have a caddy back then? No, no, oh, no. okay, no Pontiac uh, Grand Prix or something. Oh, that's all right. Okay, yeah. that's good. Those are nice cars. Yeah. I thought you said RCA Records gave you a caddy. Oh, yeah, wait, no, no, we no, cut no, that out. No, the on. guy from RCA that, yeah. Records caddied for me at the he golf course. He was a course. caddy for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, caddied for, yes. for the golf course. Yeah. Listen, okay. yeah. All right. uh, we have to say uh, goodnight to one of our guests, Cal Strobe. Thank you very much, Cal. Captain Cal, we're saluting you. Captain Cal. Thank you. Okay. Thank yeah. you, Cal. Right. Your, you gotta your have, insights, amazing stuff. Yeah, you got to have Carl back. I had a great time. Yes. You, you heard one one hundred. Call me again if you do this. We do version two at yes. two. Oh, don't worry, we will. Yeah, I have some more fun because just okay. just as a teaser. Yes. When Carl comes back, you got to ask him about the time he met Michael Jackson after a show. Well, well, well. And you got to ask him about the time he was having wow, a, a, a meeting with, <laughs> with Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. in his hotel room. Okay, I want more. You have to go. We'll save all those. For okay. The next time. All right. Frank and Michael Jackson. Okay, I'm writing this down. Yeah. Did and, either and of them trip to the White House? In the okay. White House. Yeah. Who was in the White House at the time? Clinton? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. All right. Out of the three, did any of them put their hand on your knee? Yes or no? We'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Captain Kyle, for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll talk Thanks. to you soon. I had, a, I had a great time. Okay. Appreciate we'll talk to you soon. There Thanks, you go. everybody. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Thank you. See you, Kyle. Wow, Captain Kyle. Yeah, wow. yeah. You get that, that tip awesome. of the iceberg. You can tell. Tip of the I, I iceberg. I mean, th- there's a guy that has... Stories. I mean, you know, l- listen, Larry's got stories because he's been in it yes. for so and talked to everybody. Yes, yes. Uh, but I, I've known Carl for close to 40 years, mainly from the record, because he was hounding me for yep. years to play, you know, the songs that he was yep. uh, representing. But I, over the years, I've heard all, I mean, I've uh, been there for yes, some right, of the yeah, stories. Yeah, witnessed but, it. Yes. Yeah, but I've heard all the stories and it's just amazing. Well, let me just uh, introduce Larry Katz, who was the uh, Boston Herald. Rock critic, music editor for a long time. Larry, how you doing out there in Cambridge? Fantastic. Are you in East Good. Cambridge? Are you in Cambridge Port? Are you in West I Cambridge? Or West Cambridge. West Cambridge. West. Okay. All right. All right. Do you go up to Harvard Square a lot or do you avoid the place? Um, you know, I wouldn't say I go there a lot. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Lately, it's easy to park there these days. Hey, is it really? Yeah, these days. But I'll tell you, hey, listen, if you want a half a dozen of miniature cupcakes for 18 bucks, I know the place okay. and have it square for you. Okay? Because, anyway. Really? What, what's that place? It's called Ripoffs. It's like miniature, miniature, <laughs> miniature cupcakes. Okay? 
six of them cost eighteen bucks. bucks. Yeah, right. eighteen bucks. Okay. Okay. So it's, Raven. Not, it's worse than that place in Newburyport that has that yes. sells cupcakes. Yes. Actually, they're not bad cupcakes. Raven. Have you ever been to Harvard Square? You know, beyond the age of three. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd love I'm trying Harvard. to get past the cupcake thing. <laughs> Who would buy that? I mean, cupcakes suck anyway. That's what I There's said. There's a food truck that specializes in cupcakes. Yeah, I mean, I get out and I go, how much is this? Other. It's, yeah. it's out of Newburyport, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they have one in uh, Exeter, right. New Hampshire, too. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And they're actually not bad cupcakes. They're dressed up really cool. I don't really. know. It's, it's, no. yeah, it's, it's like a... Gourmet cupcakes. He probably like gets free cupcakes, cupcakes through the yeah. mail. It's like the fancy donut no, no, no. craze. Right, you know, yeah, that's With, the, with the new donut shops where, you, right, you know, right. they're, they're the size of your head, yep, and yep. they cost $90. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how do we get onto donuts? <laughs> Larry, you're in West Cambridge. Good for you. Mark Poulin, Mark Poulin, lead guitar player yes. and singer of Sky Club and... Many other bands. How are you tonight, An Mark? Awesome guitar player. Your stuff is amazing, Mark. Yeah, and it's you know, like, I it's heard Scottish like sometimes. Really amazing. I heard that oh, Sky Club yeah. album. Hold on. Go ahead, Pete. Please. I heard hey, that Mark, Sky. Right behind you is a picture. Is that is that your corgi up there? Do you have mm -hmm. a corgi? No, no. no I just uh, yeah. just, I just like corgis. That's a corgi. Yeah. One of the queen stars. I love corgis. You I don't like have corgis. one. But yeah, I know. They're just. Uh, I want to get one. Yeah. Okay. It's strange. I got like a dachshund body and a. It's right. It's the German Shepherd head and giant ears. Okay. Giant ears and they, well, they, they flop around kind of weird and they're really, they really they get big. Yeah. But they're low to the ground and they're cool. I had I used to have dachshunds. You, no tails either, huh? You, no, well, they they cut off the tails. They do come with uh, tails. Now it's a dog show. It was a it was a bake show. Now it's a dog show. A dog show where they cut off the tails of dogs. Sounds cool. They cut off the tail. It's like a show dog thing. It's like a. It's wow. crazy, but is that a ceremony? You have a party and stuff. No, they, I follow about five Instagram. There's about five jokes in there. And yeah, they, yeah. They do come with tails. I found that out. Okay, good. So you optional, you can lock it off. We can that sleep tonight. A, listen, a breeder that's, that promises never to cut off the tail. I right, listen. Uh, I we interrupted Pete because Pete was going to he praised on my cool. Go ahead, please. Oh, the album, which which Mac got to me soon after the final mix, and Sky just Club. just terrific. I mean, I gave my honest opinion about each one of the tracks, and just awesome. I mean, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, no, no, I'm serious. The Guy Club was just uh, uh, all of it, um, and and the one Mac that I really that you let me hear first, and I yes. said instant hit in the clubs, which you know maybe radio would pick up on it. Go ahead. Was was uh, um, um, mushroom uh, mushroom men from Mars? Yeah. Mushroom men from Mars. Yeah, yeah. Think about that for a second. Unbelievable <laughs> hook, as we used to say in the music in the radio business, that you could catch a whale with that hook. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell you. That's, wow. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's uh, to due to um, you know the um, the brilliance of Mark and also uh, 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 Chris down at uh, Bristol Studios. Uh, thank you for that. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's good to hear. Something like that. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. I know you guys worked hard on it, and it's, uh, it's excellent, mm -hmm. excellent. Well, the thing about Mark is, uh, you know, if I can kiss his ass for a second, is that he's a real commodity where he has a very good voice, very good guitar player, but also a very good drummer. And there's not many drummers and guitar players that I can think of. Uh, <laughs> there you go, see? Yeah. That was his guitar. Uh, yeah. The guy, Dave Knoll and Foo um, Fighters, <laughs> right. he's a guitar player. Yeah. Don Henley plays guitar, the, the, you know, the drummer of the Eagles who did the song. 
that we never want to hear again. Oh, yeah, right. Did we hear from everybody? <laughs> Raven, did we hear from you? Yeah, she was. She no, was I didn't tell you. She didn't want to. You didn't do JJ. Oh, I didn't do JJ. Oh, okay, yeah, we were yeah. saving the best for last. Go ahead, please. What song do you, would you never want to hear again? Well, because I listen to a lot of 50s, 60s classic rock because I'm a geezer. Well, not really. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a music lover, okay? Is uh, Ico, Ico by the Pixies. The Pixies? The Dixie Cups. The Dixie Cups. Dixie Cups. That's the song so you I never want to hear again, that? I go, I go, it's acapella. I go, I go. I don't like it. Wow. Fantastic song. That's classic. Classic noise. Yes. What's your problem with it, Juan Juan? Everyone loves it. But I just, I don't know. Maybe when I first heard it, maybe when I heard it at the beach, I was, you know, maybe my girlfriend at the time might have dumped me or something. Okay. There's an association with it. Last time I was going to throw a frisbee at her, and that song might have been playing on my AM radio. Wow. 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 She sounds like wet lettuce. You know, this is so. This is from the guy who we got a lot of letters. He, he admitted on the show two weeks ago that he got hurt in a accident at a pillow factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. A pillow factory in Somerville for all the local people. <laughs> that, that possible? In Somerville of all places. Was brought down into the reception to wait the ambulance. Was bleeding so bad he passed exactly. out in front of his this, the receptionist. Yeah. And then later on he asked the receptionist out on a date. <laughs> and she said yes. Wow. Yes. And she Think dated about that for, for like almost a year. <laughs> wow. Think about that. Had pillow fights. Think about the chutzpah that you uh, need right. to go up to the girl that you passed out. Right, right, right. In front of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, with an injury in My a pillow factory. <laughs> you're not working in a meat cleaver factory. You're working in a pillow factory. That's right. <laughs> hey, I was cutting material with those fast... High-speed cutters with those really sharp razor blade things. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but the Nerf factories, what do you think of them? Dang <laughs> you're probably the Nerf dead. world. So, all right, well, you, you survived. We know the uh, story. You went without. You went out with you, her for a year. You, you introduced, Everybody's laughing. You introduced you, her to your best friend, and they've been married for 44 years, and she sits next to you at all the class That's reunions. Right. How's right. that for the elevator pitch? And, exactly. and, and Juan Juan wishes he stayed with her because now she's the inventor of my pillow. There you go. Yeah. There you go right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> they come in red. <laughs> the, wife of, the wife of my best friend, and I hooked them up. They would have never seen each other, ever. Yes. If I hadn't gone to the uh, yes. Portuguese picnic. She was Portuguese and when she invited me to the picnic. She dumps me, right? Well, you know, it was a mutual breakup. Wow. I called it a dump, but it sure. invites me to the picnic. Sure it was. And I said, you know what? I'm going to bring my friend with the picnic. I yes. hooked them up and they've been married ever since. Wow. They're wow. married like two years longer than I have. Yeah, like a regular Cupid. Did. So now he knows things that one one never you wanted bet. him to know. He knows everything about you. <sighs> you know that, don't you? <laughs> and, and, and she talks to me all night long at the High school reunion. Oh, well, wait, wait, With all these places yes. that we went to together. But hang on a second. Half of them, I don't remember that we went there. This is really taking a side road. But That's Raven, Raven, you actually you talked to us about that, and you had a theory on why she seeks Juan out and sits next to him at all the reunions and reminds him of stuff that he mm. can't remember doing with her. Remember that? I did. It's a chick thing. You did. You you, you, you said that that's some kind of a some kind of a syndrome, some kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh. Yes. 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 That, yo. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely me. like. It's what? It, it's it's. I'm trying to think of the words. Yeah, it, <sighs> she's trying to make it seem like it was coming hard. Better. Ooh. The, the it, process is so it's, weird. 
She's trying to make it. She's trying to make it seem like it was better than it was. Okay, there's the tough love for you there. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it because I didn't think I made that big an impression on her. Otherwise, I'm thinking we'd still be together. But you know, uh, she like goes on and on. And I hear these stories, and it's the same ones over and over again. Yes. And my friend goes, really? don't worry, we want it for these stories over and over again. He, she tells him the stories on their own time. Yes, okay. Not just when I'm there. I hate to ask this, it's but do like, you think what? they uh, act out like a pillow accident in the bedroom just to kind of get a juice maybe, up? I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe he we'll makes believe he's me. <laughs> We'll cut that and that's of. how they uh, you know get, get it on or something. See, how it, right, see how it right. goes off track? No, no, they, look at, no. they look at pictures of dogs it's, getting no. their tails cut off. Why would they do that? It's so crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's okay. all good, you know. Yeah, it is all good. From my standpoint, it is. Let's get back to Boston music. Yeah, music. Mm-hmm. So, Larry. What, yeah. Well, one of, her, one of her big stories is, is, is us going to see Grand Funk Railroad up at uh, ah. the stadium at uh, Boston University. Yeah, right. That, that guy, Outside, he, yeah. he couldn't Grand play. Railroad. Awesome. He couldn't play. I mean, there's a, there's a really good band era. A really good example of a band that not great musicians, but played kind of like anthem song. Uh, I forget what the word is, but you know, they had like a string of hits. They were a big live band. You know, Grand Funk. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. But yeah. So anyway. Hey, the yes. song Dirty Water, okay, by the Standells. Yes. The Standells are not from Boston. Not, never saw Charles River. Yeah. I don't think. New Jersey. I don't think any, you know, yeah. everybody really knows that. You yeah. Know, dirty water, Boston, you're on my home. No, they, these guys. LA, yeah, yeah. Right? No, 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 no. New the Jersey, right, Pete? New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Sandals. New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey? Yeah. From LA. LA. Where? LA. LA? I'm saying LA. LA. I thought LA. Okay. That's 20 bucks. Who says LA? I don't know. So I know, I know they never saw. They never saw the Charles River when they recorded the song, and that's got to be one of those songs that just was floating out there, and someone played floating. it, and, right. you know. But it was a filthy river, man. I used to row crew in there for Boston Tech. Oof. I mean, we found bodies in that. You know, we found bodies <laughs> in the water in the Charles I'll River. Sure. Unbelievable, man! Oh man! But anyway, Did I got you my. Did you on a crew team? Crew, I rode crew. Right. You did. You rode crew. Yeah, I was the coxswain. Oh, Watch where we oh, go with we this. Gotta move on yeah, right. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I used to steer the boat. Steer the boat. Okay. Yep. I'm not gonna um, row. Do you see okay. me as a rower? Hell no. That's. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, I saw you as a guy with the megaphone. The, that's a, that's exactly what Stroke. I was saying, and that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Right. Wow. Okay, now I get it. Now you know why the editor is. I read it is such a rich guy. Okay, 1850. <laughs> For every snip. That poor guy. Okay, here we go. Let's go back. He to should Boston. just let it go. Just let it, let it flow and let it breathe. Let the show breathe. And just... really, for, for for seventeen minutes, you want to let it breathe? Yeah. <laughs> You'll With be giving a mouth to mouth. We're going to be at mouth to mouth in about five minutes. Okay, so you don't want to talk about Boston music now. You want to talk about your love life now? Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really no, want to get, get into boring. it? It gets boring afterwards. You know, after it's, a while, it's, it's funny. It's interesting. It's you know. I mean, she was from Somerville. I'm from Cambridge. And, what more do you need? What more do you need to hung, know? Hung around in Davis Square. <laughs> this yeah. is like a East Coast Romeo and Juliet. That's, right, That's yeah. what it is. That's, That's exactly. what it is. Wow. You, you yep. have to Tell be me more. You'd yeah. have to be here able to experience. Well, now wait a minute, Somerville. You have to get back to the music. The ambiance of the area. Go ahead. Is Getting back to much. the music. I'll be uh, finding Bigfoots if you ask. From <laughs> Tufts University to Harvard. <laughs> And all points in between, maybe a little jaunt up up the road to MIT on the way to Fenway Park. Somerville, 
is the uh, other than being the um, birthplace of the Winter Hill Mob. Yeah, <laughs> was also the home of uh, wasn't Bobby Boris Pickett from there? Yeah, from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, uh, is it New Kids on the Block? One of them, uh, Maurice White, was the Motown uh, Philly back our, again. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> One of those boy bands also yeah. were. I don't know if they came from Somerville, but they were like managed out of there. Yeah. But yeah, Bobby Boris Pickett, the Monster Mash. Monster Mash yeah, Monster right. Mash. Another yeah. famous. Do you yeah. play that around Halloween? Oh, quite often around mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah. Okay. So let let me let me ask you this: as as a as a listener to a program director, okay, you ready? Yeah. yeah. And I've asked you this before. Why doesn't it make sense that around Christmas time, if there was one station that didn't play Christmas music, everyone would listen to it? Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, people seek it out. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. You see these stations that go all Christmas music, and their ratings are huge. Yeah, yeah, oh, huh? big, big. And they yeah, fall right, right back off again in January. Right. But yeah. It just that's okay, it's, it's people, and particularly this past year when everybody wanted yeah, yeah. to forget what was going on in the world, and they wanted to get into ch- get their chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Whoa. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they have a sell for that. <laughs> yeah. And so. they they went all Christmas way before Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Usually it's like yeah. Oh yeah. It comes earlier and earlier. Yeah. But um, way if, before Thanksgiving. What's the playlist for that? I know, like, uh, what, how many songs? Very tight. Yeah. Very tight. So 30, 40? Oh, no. It's probably like, a, you know, 150 songs. Oh, right. Okay, the same songs? Turning them over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the little St. Nick in there by the oh, Beach yeah. Boys? That's yeah. the song I don't want to hear. How yeah. about uh, um, Bruce Springsteen doing... Uh, oh, yeah, Merry Christmas, Merry, Baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Feliz Navidad. I yeah. guess, you know, that's one of the songs I don't want to hear anymore is the Chipmunks. Uh, Chipmunks. Oh, no. Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. That's a good call. Is yeah, it? that's a good one. It is music. Yeah. That guy, hey, listen, you know, I, was, I was talking about the Warner Brothers book before, right? Yeah. And this is really going way, way back. They were having no luck at all with, like, rock and stuff. So they came upon Bob Newhart, who was just a guy in a microphone, yeah. and Alan Sherman. Remember those guys? And yeah. all of a sudden- oh, God. Yeah. Comedy albums, everyone has comedy albums. Everyone yeah. is, you know, and, and that's how they got there. That's how they get the money to do what they did, you yeah. know, of all the, the weird places, you know. Right. And and to think that comedy albums, people used to go out and buy Alan Sherman. Now, this is really biz talk. He um, sold, in Chicago, sold 250,000 albums in one weekend. Wow. In one city. Right. That's a, that's a hit record across the country. Hmm. And this is back in the 60s. So, yeah. So, anyway, so, Larry. You have to tell us yes. a story. Tell us a story, please, about a celebrity who we're all going to hate. Please feed us, <laughs> feed the monster. Uh, I want that tea. Please. So me, I just want to leave any out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot of uh, hate I'll, stories. Oh come! Really, on. I mean, you know, talking to uh, musicians. It's, yes. Most of them are pretty interesting, Dopey. smart. Okay. It might sound boring, but it's true. You know, you don't really run into that many jerks. No attitudes, all affable. No. Well, I mean, some people have some attitude. You know, it depends what you ask them. People can get testy. That's okay. for sure. But did you, uh, Larry? Did you ever interview Van Morrison? He's a no. dick. He's a dick. No. No. I, okay. Van I can't. is notorious. Yeah. Like he's interview shy. I mean, he has done interviews over the year, but. You know, compared for someone who's been around as long as him, he's done relatively few. Mm, overrated. Overrated. He lived in Harvard Square for a few years, like uh, 67, 68. I think it was more like maybe a year or less around. But he lived in, uh, yeah, yeah, Green Street in Cambridge. Green Street. Huh. 
Green, uh, how about that brown eyed? What is it? Brown eyed girl. Oh, this, yeah. this is the song I don't want to hear. Yeah, again. But that's a good one. Ever. That's that's a good one. And neither does he. I yeah. mean, he said publicly he would never ever play, again. play that again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But brown eyed girl. Yes. Right. Yeah. Elton John said the same thing about Crocodile Rock. He'll never yeah, do the song again. Yeah. I can see. Yeah. I mean, retiring songs. But but let you know, just for a second, doesn't that aren't you dripping your fans out of a live performance they want to see? You don't care. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're a band, yeah. I mean, I can see kind of moving on from but stuff, the, but they, they all have plenty of other hits. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. There's the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The saying is, if you have one hit, you're a one-hit wonder. If you have two hits, you know, you're doing okay. If you have three hits, you have a career. You can always go around, you know, and play little clubs and stuff. Play those three hits. Same three over and over again. Yeah. You know, like a white snake. What happened to oh, that? Yeah, yeah. That's right. And I'm, you know, I'm amazed that 110 people showed up for a concert for those guys. Yeah. Well, we won't say what happened. Anyway, so Larry, come on, let's go. We got like twelve minutes left. You must have some really dishy celebrity story. Yeah, who's your favorite interview? My favorite interview? I say I've got three go that come to mind. Cool. Because I did them in person. I mean, you know, of the interviews that I've done, probably eighty percent, let's say, were over the phone. Yep. yep. So it's always more exciting, of course, to actually be in the room right. with someone. I uh, interviewed Bob Marley. Okay. Ziggy's father. That should be James Brown. James wow. Brown. Wow. James, James Brown. Brown. Okay. Oh, wow. And Miles Davis. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. I can see how those would be his Three favorite. For yeah. In yeah. Huh. Well, James, 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 Davis James Brown actually put a whole sentence together then. In, in, that you in could understand. Interview. Oh, yeah. Jay, that was it. I it was actually I got to interview James Brown because of the Kiss concert. Okay. Okay. He was one of the headliners at the Kiss concert in the early nineties. It was a couple of years after he got out of prison. Okay. Yes. And I flew down to Augusta, Georgia. Wow. For the interview, and it was in James's office. Hmm. So what's what do you think James Brown's office is going to look like? Where is it going to be? Well, it was in a suburban, you know, Augusta is where, of course, they have the Masters. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, it was more like the Masters hmm. kind of setting. Than yeah, 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 yeah. Then get and it was in like an office park where you drove in and there were all these brick doctor's offices. Right. right. And, I mean, a very wide area of Augusta. Yep. And James had uh, owned had one of these buildings. It was a brick building in this kind of... Uh, doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem, yeah. Doesn't anyway, seem they took me in there, and uh, I, they brought me to Mr. Brown's office, which was down a long hallway, and he was dressed and looked as if he was about to step on stage. Yes. Wow. Yeah, he yeah, was not taking casually. Yeah, yeah. He had makeup on. He looked good. Really? Yes. Wow. We should explain. And, uh, we should explain that James for, Brown was like for a, about an hour, just me and him sitting in his office. It was a pinch, pinch myself kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. We, we should explain that James Brown was a soul singer in the '60s. I mean, he's, he's an icon, really. You know? Oh yeah, the hardest uh, working man in showbiz. Yeah, yeah, really. He, uh, what I remember about him was he was arrested because he did go in and out of prison every once in a while. He was arrested up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, I think, for with drugs on him. And um, he tried to get the off. Angel dust deal, yeah, the angel. Yeah, and he tried to get off by diplomatic immunity because he was the ambassador of Seoul. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he okay. actually brought that up. Wow. <laughs> Judge didn't buy it, but <laughs> it's great. 
Works for me. You miss every shot you don't take. Yeah, so he was. I could see him being a really interesting guy, and he was. He's very flamboyant. Had a big haircut, and he was just. He was the live performances. Right, and and insane. One of his shows in Boston way back when in the '60s or whatever was very historic because of the riots Mm -hmm. and all that. Right, Larry. uh, He calmed everyone down. Calmed the city. Well, it was when the day Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Yes, right. Yeah, he was going to play Boston. That was well, kind of. Yeah. Didn't they do that to kind of subdue the town from? Yeah, calm everyone down. Going yeah, crazy. Well, the, the whole deal was that they were going to uh, cancel the concert because they were afraid there were riots breaking out across the country, and then I forget exactly. Ultimately, they talked Kevin White into yes. getting behind it, okay. and they had oh yeah, and WGBH, Channel they, Two, PBS. Got GBH to broadcast the concert live. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, so yeah, and yeah. they um, urged people to stay home and watch James Brown yeah. rather than to hit the streets and cause trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a fa- I mean, the show is still available. I mean, you can probably find it on YouTube and watch. Yeah, I remember watching things. that live. It was great. That's yeah. amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, so Miles Davis. It's really good stuff. I think. That, how how long was the Miles the Davis? Show, they called the it the, the night James. Uh, they called it the night James Brown saved Boston. Yes, oh, okay. I, I've seen the yes, documentary or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Larry, we yeah. got we got four minutes left. So, what was uh, Miles Davis like? Well, I have to say, I was pretty damn nervous going to uh, talk Jazz to Miles guy. Davis because uh, you know uh, he has a reputation for yep. being ordinary. Let's say. Yep. So I didn't know quite how it would uh, go down, but. He was scheduled to play. It was a, a concert in Boston. I can't remember where exactly he was playing. Um, but I flew down to New York. He was living in an apartment on Central Park South. Oh, okay. Overlooking Central Park. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like this giant room. And I walked in there and he, you know, Miles also was an artist that he painted. Okay. So he had a sketch pad and he was sketching. When I walked in, I spent an hour there. He was very, uh, he was pretty friendly. I yeah, mean, really. He wasn't like uh, Mr. Happy yes. uh, or anything, but he was gracious. He answered my questions. He continued to sketch the whole time I was there. Hmm. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, damn, maybe he'll give me the drawing when we're done. Did he? You know, it's a little gift. But no, that didn't no. happen. Was he drawing a picture of you? Yeah. So I missed that on that. Was he drawing but, a picture uh, of you? It was great talking to him. Yeah. He, I mean, people, I mean, Raven, you probably don't know who Miles Davis is. If you do, I'm going to stop watching 90 Day Fiancé. Do you know who Do you know who Miles I, Davis is? I have is? old parents. Okay. Oh, old parents. I know. Yeah, I know who Miles Davis is. I'm pretty sure I have him on vinyl. Yeah. I know her father. He's an old guy. So, oh, okay. all right, yeah. Well, he's he's like the mu- the jazz musician of all jazz musicians. But just to bring it back to the Rolling Stones for mm-hmm. a second, Daryl Jones, who has been the Rolling Stones bassist for quite a while, when he was 19 years old, he he um, auditioned for Miles Davis over the phone, and Miles da- Miles Davis gave him the job and said, "Can he be in New York tomorrow?" Wow, think about that. Yeah, 19 years old, and he, and he's never looked back. He's played with the Stones for about 25 years. Hmm. He's still the new guy, you know. That yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. We got to wrap this up. The young I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight for Mac Maloney's musical X Files. A deep dive into the Boston sound. No, no, no. Did we get there or not? We had enough stories. We right? skirted around it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could do it long. Yeah. yeah, you could do more than two hours. 
Larry Katz, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And people to hear your interviews, they should go to the Katz tapes, right? Look at archive.org. Archive.org. Search the Katz tapes. Okay. Okay. And see what you find. Archive. Archive.org. Got it. Right, the if you hear tapes. something you like, let me know. Or if you hear something you don't like, let me know. It is a K A T. <laughs> Z, the catch tapes, go to archive.com. Yeah, I can imagine 15, I can imagine just what you must have gone through talking to all those people. It's just, I would have loved to do it. I envy you. It was a career. Yeah, I'll bet. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Will you do this again, Larry? Would you try to do this again? Sure. Wait, now you used to play for. You used you're to, paying me? How can I pay you? Go, wow, why does everyone say that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you used to play bass for uh, the Belmonts, of Dion and the Belmonts, correct? Well, now you're getting into some deep territory. Yeah, wow. We got 30 seconds. Go ahead. You did? Yes, I yeah. did. Did wow. you ever meet Dion? Long after the Belmonts were uh, okay. separated from Dion. Did you, uh -huh. did you ever meet him? In the 70s. Did you ever yeah. meet him? That's cool. That's interesting. We have to talk about that. Did you ever meet Dion? I did once, yep. yes, and uh, the tension in the room was really, yeah, so thick. It was we were playing at a hotel in Miami, yes, Newport Hotel, yes, Miami Beach, and Dion showed up, and of course, after playing with the Belmonts for you know a year or two, however long it was, playing Dion songs every night over and over. Why not? Finally, I said, Dion, I'm going to get to play with Dion singing. And uh, Dion came backstage, you know, because we did like two, three, four shows a night. Yes. And uh, it didn't go down well. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it didn't work? Yeah. Well, swing and a miss, who cares, right? And, uh, you know. Why, he was a pain in the ass? He never got on stage. Was he a big wow. pain in the ass, this guy? No, I mean, Dion is a, uh, he's a, he's a character of sorts. Mm. In fact, uh, he was someone I was, uh, I wanted to interview when I went into journalism and years years later i was supposed to do an interview with him and uh he stood me up oh well and wow. then uh, i came into, oh, I came into the paper one day and i was on the phone doing an interview with someone i can't remember who yes and uh an editorial assistant ran over to me and said i have to interrupt dion's on the phone he wants to talk to you and i said sure we am no yeah 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 all right stand up to the man yeah <laughs> That anyway, we, it's, uh, I lost my opportunity. Okay, well, there was the story we were looking for a half hour ago, right? The, right. the really dishy celebrity story. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. You've got to get me started. It's okay. okay. Oh, we got to get me started. All right, we'll have to do a four-hour show. Larry Katz, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Okay. My pleasure. Let's meet down Harvard Square and get some beers. And some mini And, and some little yeah, some mini cupcakes. Little freaking cupcakes. <laughs> Okay. Only if Raven comes. Oh, oh wow. See, you know, we, hear that that, we hear that yeah. a lot, too. Uh, I'll join you for the beers. You guys can have the cupcakes. There you go. You don't get cupcakes. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. Thank you, Larry, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Great. Thank you. Mark Poulin. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go record some stuff now. There you go. You are? <laughs> Not too late. Yeah. He's just uh, Sky Club stuff. He's just beginning his day. Okay, all right. Good to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Is Matt going to usually um, is Matt going to mail in mail in his parts or what? Is that what he does? That's what do you have to talk about? Yeah, he, 
sends the WAV file to you, right? <laughs> you don't want to know how. You don't want to know how the sausage is made, I, Dad. I want to know the dynamics of it. I, I think <laughs> no, they find you that interesting. You really don't. It's all digital now. Everything. Right. I know it's amazing. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. You're welcome. Mark, awesome musician. I love your stuff. It's great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah you're really, really talented do. musician. Serious. JJ, thank you. You're I have welcome. To say I enjoyed every minute of it. I did you really? Stuff. Every single minute? I did. Yeah, okay. Every minute of it. Hmm. Okay. Especially when he was talking about yeah. cutting the dog's tail off. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, talking uh, about uh, my yeah. crazy. I kind of drifted off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> off the beaten path a little bit there. All right. Here's some code for you, JJ. The coma is open. It is? Yes. All right. We have to resume our business meeting. I'll write you that. Okay. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Pete, thank you. For, oh, I have to say goodnight to Raven. Raven. Thank you. Well, thank you, Raven, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, as usual. It's has, always a blast. Raven. Has your incense burned out, or is your house on fire, or anything <laughs> that we should worry about? I I lit another stick. Another stick, and you don't I know what. Some more, I two, got some more lit downstairs. <laughs> it's a two stick night. <laughs> two stick That's night. That's so cool. And that by three dog night, didn't they? Yeah. Do? <laughs> you don't know what jaw sticks are. You don't know what jaw sticks are. J o s s sticks. S-T-I-X. Just, I've nope. never okay. heard of that. We'll I've never heard you, of it either. We'll send you some. I'll okay, send at least it's not just me. Thank you very much for joining us, okay? And uh, thank you for all the listeners. Okay. Pistol Pete, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Us. Okay, it was really great. appreciate it. Was a good time. Great. And thank you for helping steer the ship. Oh, that's all right. Air. That's all right. Okay. Great, to, <laughs> great to meet everybody, really. All right. Wonderful. If, if, if you had to, could you have flown the helicopter yourself, or would it just uh, been a nah, long plunge down? I tried. It's, it's too... Couldn't yeah. have done it. Right. See... This is Captain, you know, Man of Cobra could have helped you. He right. This jumped, is where Cobra jumps in. off of another plane into the helicopter and, and saves, saves you. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The coffee, yeah. And the chick with the guys. In, in. <laughs> anyway, it's a whole movie. It writes itself. Thank you very much, uh, everyone out there listening to us, for uh, Mac Maloney's musical Exiles Tonight, talking about Boston music. And uh, until you hear us next time, this is Mac from the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>